Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we speak. You're listening to Denver Orbit, featuring voices. I'm going to give you an awkwardly long and uncomfortable list of reasons why you shouldn't shave outside. Stories. Now, he was very outspoken about the effects of, of war on himself. In music from Colorado's creative community. Listen at DenverOrbit.com or on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or most other podcast apps. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy. At Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6-NERDS-5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Brian. No, that's this is my announcer voice, and you're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Should I do this as my real self? Oh, shucky darn. Hi, this is Brian Cummings. You're listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Okay, do it straight. Hi, this is Brian Cummings, and actually you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. Send money and real estate. Welcome to Real Nerds Podcast, unofficially the official podcast of Denver Pop Culture Con. I am Ryan. With me is Zach and Brad. And someone else is here? Hi. <laughs> James is back. I feel yeah. like I know you. I know. You look familiar. You're wearing your familiar Jaws hat. Guys, there's yeah. an intruder in my house. <laughs> I have a beard this time. At least well, pretty much. Yeah. yeah. It's almost all the way back. Yeah. You you're, you're 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 becoming normal again. Yeah, you're well, like I, you're like uh, Jonathan Frakes in season two of Next Gen. I, I feel more comfortable with this than the first season. I figured after shaving it off for the for the film explosion, I should like lock myself underground for a month or so <laughs> until it was back. Um, so now I'm allowed to come to the surface, uh, uh-huh. break open the door. What year is it? <laughs> I also figured that you know, for for specifically this movie, it would be a crime if I was not able to be here for this one. How severe um, a crime would it be? Like, uh, we talk a murder level? More, mortal, mortal sin. Mortal level. sin. Yeah. Oh, oh, shoot, we're it, bringing biblical eternal, nonsense. Eternal <laughs> damnation, yeah, you know. Pretty um, much. Yeah. How's the new house going? Good. It's pretty much, it, it is, uh, so Brooks is out of town this weekend, and I'm not going to do anything to the house while she's gone. Woo! That's where, how the house is doing. It's great. You're there, married. There's still, no, <laughs> <laughs> there's still like some things I should fix at some point and like projects and stuff like that, but none of them are urgent. There's no there's no bathrooms leaking everywhere. Yeah, that's there, a you important know, one. You shouldn't say um, out loud nothing will go wrong because that's when oh, everything no, goes wrong. Oh, no, things will go wrong. <laughs> oh, it's inevitable. Um, that's the thing that sucks about owning a home is just... It costs money. Ryan, the only party at James's. The only project I was going to do this weekend was I was going to cut a hole in the soffit above my kitchen cabinets <laughs> so I could determine whether or not I can rip them out because we're going to put in new cabinets. Nice. Uh, and I, I tried. Like I took a knife and stabbed it into the soffit, 
and it wouldn't go in. And I went, oh, well, uh, that must be made of wood. Not going to take that out. (laughs) Project over. Yeah. uh, When we got our house, uh, three months later, I had to buy a new oven. Yeah. And then about six months later, I buy a new dishwasher. Yep. So, you know. Uh, Yeah. And then my dog ate gum. So that uh, oh, cost us eleven hundred dollars. I to... saw that. That was terrible. She's so fucking stupid. <laughs> Did I tell uh, you a story about the hot tamales? No. This is how dumb Daisy is. So, um, we she acted now. She has a huge giant kennel that she's put back in now because we can't trust her. Yeah. Um, but so I used to. So we have this like little like windowsill behind our couch, and when I watch movies, I'll put like. My hot tamales and my soda waters back there. We're talking the candy, the hot candy tamales. hot tamales, yeah. and not your next door neighbor made you a plate of hot tamales. No, that'd be awesome. <laughs> um, but anyways, I so I came home one day, and Daisy was like laying on the couch, whatever. But I look on the floor, and there's like fifty hot tamales all over the floor, and each one of them are stuck to the floor. Meaning <laughs> she tried one; they were hot. Didn't like it, and then tried every other single one, and then spit it out. <laughs> it took me an hour to Aww. get them all off and scrape them and like clean the floor. One of them won't be hot. One of them won't be hot. Oh, literally, <laughs> that's all I can think about while she's doing it. I I hate to <laughs> I hate to tell you this, but yeah, your dog is dumb. He's like Merm, Merm the other day. <laughs> I, we got I got home. I was traveling this week. And I I had left like a bag of trail mix in my ba- in my work bag and forgot about it. It was on the floor. Right. So I come downstairs and Merm has has grabbed the bag, ripped it open. So there's trail mix all over the floor. He clearly ate like a bite full of it and then knew he was not supposed to do that, so he just left. So all he did was put trail mix all over the floor, then felt shame and left. <laughs> and sure enough, when I came downstairs and he knew he was in trouble, he was like standing on the other side of the room, like I'm not supposed to come over there, am I? I was like, yeah. Even though you didn't eat it. Like, here's your opportunity. All it was was nuts and candy. You could have eaten all of it, and he would have been fine. Yeah. Like, did you have the conversation with the dog? Like, you didn't realize you could have eaten more. <laughs> yeah. I just encouraged him. I want like, a cartoon on, of buddy. James and his dog. Yeah. So my wife, too, she for some, re- for some reason, she hates gum. Like, I don't know why. She just hates gum. So since I've been with her, I really don't buy gum anymore. Sure. And so when Daisy ate the gum, the first thing she does is she calls me. She's like, why'd you buy gum? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, literally on the phone while I'm ch- working. We have che- like, we have chewing tobacco, Ryan. You don't need gum. <laughs> she's like yelling at me. I'm like, I didn't buy any gum. She's like, well, somebody did. And the only thing I can <laughs> the only thing I can think of is uh, Brandon came into town, uh, bought gum, and then like left it on the nightstand. Because you s- might, because it's gum. Yeah, like, who it, cares? like yeah, who cares? And she, but that's the first thing she said to me. And and after that, I said, I didn't buy any gum. What are you talking also, about? Also, you know what a legitimate answer to that question would have been? Because I wanted some gum. <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. Because, like, <laughs> if, I, if I bought the gum and I left it out, I would admit it. Sure. Yeah, but, oh, but, no, but, I, know, but, I know that. But, I'm just saying, the, the, the accusation of the question, why'd you buy gum? Yeah. <laughs> like, why'd you eat that bowl of cereal? Because it was breakfast. Like, yeah. What are you at? Well, the funny thing is, too, it's like she called, and I'm like, wow, Laura never calls me when I'm at work. Aww. So I go, hello? Why'd you buy gum? <laughs> and I said, what are you talking about? I'm like, what's going on? I, I, I thought you were going to call this and you were thinking about it. Nope. nope. You know, you know, Just that, to yell at me and be accusatory. You know, that's how they found out Ted Bundy did all his crimes because he chewed gum. Yep. That's how, that's how we figured it out. And so anyway, she just started like yelling at me about Daisy eating gum. I'm like, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. It's toxic to dogs. 
Is it toxic to dogs? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sugar-free yeah, but, gum has something in it that's toxic but, to dogs. But, but they always say that about chocolate, too. And my dog, Honey, when we were a kid, she ate chocolate all the time. I know. I mean, she's so, dead now, but like, but she <laughs> she did okay. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite jokes of life. <laughs> no, and here's the thing. is like, So I said, I don't know. It's some xylit, z- zolit, xylitol. Xylitol. Thank sure. you. And no, that's a drug. Xylitol is like a. You're, t- you're thinking of Tylenol. It's xylitol. Yeah, there's something in no. sugar-free gum. Anyways, so I, I looked it up, and then Daisy weighs like 90 pounds, and the amount of the stuff that had to be in her system to kill her is a lot. So Laura calls me, and she says, "Oh my gosh, I gotta take both dogs." I, and I said, "I guarantee you, it's not Lincoln." No, I of guarantee not. it's not Lincoln. You know, it's the dumb dog, and. Worst case scenario, okay, it's xylitol. Wow. Thank <laughs> Brad's like, I will not be challenged. Brad, you know a lot uh, about xylitol. I'm the smartest man on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but, yeah, you knew it was the dumb dog. Yeah. And you knew that, so, like, most likely she did not eat six pounds of xylitol. Yes, so exactly. So she wants to take her to the vet. Whatever. So she takes, and I told her, so why don't why we just, just, why not just let her pass it, and then worst case scenario, you lose James, the dumb why dog. why can't I just be married to you? I told my wife. <laughs> I, I told my wife, like, I said, why don't we just monitor her, and Ryan, if she gets sick or something, we'll take her in. You're a cop. If that dog dies, you're going to bring home another one. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I said, why don't we just monitor her, and if she gets she acts different, then we'll take her into the vet. <laughs> and she said, no, I'm taking her in. So they give them, like, charcoal to make him vomit. So she gives it to Lincoln, the vet, and he's like, Bleh! and he throws up all his, like, lunch. Aw. I'm like... Poor guy. So it's I like, went, he hates his brother so now. So this is how Your much sister. I hate uh, like any estimate of stuff. So they said, well, we need, might need to keep Daisy here for three days. I'm like, three fucking days. And they said, oh, don't worry, the high end $1,600. For what? Like, don't to they monitor. just have a yard? So just put her in their yard. So I go pick up Yards Lincoln. Free. Lincoln is $196. Yeah. So I pick up Lincoln. And then Daisy leaves the next day. Like, so she was there for maybe 12 hours. And it was eleven hundred dollars. Oh I'm like, gosh. that's not the short end. I mean, not the highest sixteen hundred dollars. If she was there for another two days, it would have been like three thousand. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? And yeah. I told my wife, I'm like, that place is so expensive. She's like, it is. But I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so the lesson here is that you got to buy some of that charcoal toothpaste and keep it around the house. Exactly. Because for twenty dollars, you could just feed that to the dog and make him throw up, and you'll be fine. Um. So this isn't a vet podcast. Every <laughs> week on Real Nerds <laughs> podcast. We see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. Kellen, what movie did we see? Uh, what did we go see yesterday? The Lego movie. Yeah. That's the right. The new one. The, <laughs> we saw the, uh, way to uh, the, the, kid. the Lego movie, the second part. Uh, we'll play the trailer. Just tell if you should see it. Play the trailer and then we'll spoil the film. I'll also talk about movies we've been seeing, movie news. Blu-rays that are coming out. We're movie podcast. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> but before we get into all that, Corinne actually saw a real classic movie this week. Ooh. Um, and this is Catching the Classics with Corinne, featuring Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, man. Ooh. Hey, nerds. Corinne here for part 12 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send in my review. This week, I tackled... Close Encounters of the Third Kind. So going into this movie, um, I didn't know too much about it. I knew it was like about aliens uh, coming to Earth and that Steven Spielberg directed it, but um, that's that's really all I knew. Uh, and overall, 
God, it's so hard to review this movie because I know a lot of people out there really love it, but I just, I didn't, I did not care for it very much. There were some parts of it that I was like, oh, that was really good. Um, the scene where the aliens come to take away the kid, um, and I, I distinctly remember the shot of like the screws coming out of the little vent in the floor. Um, that was really spooky. But yeah, I just, I did not like this movie. It felt very long, kind of meandered in some places. Um, like I said, there were some good good sequences, like the scene where uh, the main character, Richard Dreyfuss's character, he's going to fix the power line, and he, you know, waves to the thing to go past him, and then the thing flies up, and he's like, wait, wait a minute, what just happened? And, uh, but it just, I didn't like him, I didn't like the, um, the main gal, there was really nobody in this movie that was super likable, I think the the pacing was a little bit weird. The it, it was just kind of all over the place for me. I think the main problem is like I grew up watching a lot of sci-fi um you know movies with aliens and things like that. So there are a lot of movies out there that do the exact same things that are in this movie, but they do them a lot better. Um Arrival comes to mind, Signs comes to mind. Um, and I know people are like, oh, Signs, it's not that good. But I would say that Signs is better than Close Encounters of the Third Kind. I will, will probably be in the minority on that. But I, I was just getting so bored with the, with the movie. It just it felt like so long. And once they got to um, Devil's Tower, I thought it was going to pick up a little bit more. And it kind of did there for a minute. But the whole end where... They, like, the aliens, like, swoop in, and they kind of keep swooping in, swooping out, and then the big ship comes in, and, I I mean, I didn't mind the effects. Like, I know it's a movie from the 70s. I don't expect it to look like what movies would nowadays, but, um, you know, I wasn't super distracted by the kind of 70s cheesy effects, but um, when, like, the ship lands, and then they do the whole sequencing with the music, and then the doors open and I expected like, oh, okay, so finally we're going to see some aliens. And it's like, okay, no, the aliens are giving back all the people that they've abducted. Okay, cool. Why did they abduct these people in the first place? Why did they go, why did they go out of their way to take that kid earlier? Like, there are just a lot of things about this movie that never really get explained, that they're just kind of... They just kind of happen, and you're just supposed to roll with it. And so then after they give back all the people, then the aliens show up, and it's like, okay, I guess they're they're peaceful. Like, they obviously haven't blown up the planet, but then all of a sudden the military, like, astronaut people are just there, and they're going to go with them. Okay, why? Like, did the aliens say they were okay with that? It seemed like, I mean, I know they were communicating with, like, the the music, the notes thing, but they didn't, they didn't even seem to know what the hell they were saying to each other. So, it's just, I'm sorry, I, I know that there are a lot of people out there who like this movie. It has, like, a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes, it's got, like, a 7.7 .7 out of 10 on IMDb, 
but I really don't get it. I don't understand what people like about this movie. Like I said, I didn't find any of the characters to be likable. Uh, the writing was really bad in some places. The pacing was really weird. I didn't like the ending. I think my main problem with the movie it was kind of the end when I figured, like, oh, it's going to be really cool and interesting. It's going to make up for all the other nonsense we had to sit through previously. And then it... It didn't. Like, the the main Richard Dreyfuss' character goes off with the aliens, and that's it. No, like, like why did he want to go with them? I, I at least expected him to, you know, t be like, hey, tell my wife I'm sorry, and tell my kids I love them. Like, he didn't give two shits. He was kissing that one girl earlier. I, d I didn't like him. I didn't like the, the lady whose son got abducted. It just... Yeah, sorry. I, I don't know. I I guess it just it didn't land for me. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna have to give Close Encounters of the Third Kind two out of five stars. I never thought I would get down to a two out of five star rating on this list, but I have, and. I, I mean, like, I would rewatch Scarface over this, and that's saying a lot. Like, this movie was just, it was long, and it was just stupid. If you're looking for an alien movie, watch literally anything else. Go watch Mars Attacks, because it can't be worse than Close Encounters of the Third Kind, in my opinion. So, I think, considering this low point, it's like, it seems like it can't get any lower than this. So, I'm just going to go ahead and swallow the red pill and I'm going to watch English Patient for my next installation of Catching the Classics. So, hope you all had fun, and I hope that I can survive till next time, and nobody murders me for hating on this movie. Bye! Yeah, uh, maybe one of the greatest movies ever. <laughs> yeah, I should watch it again. I've realized recently Brooks has never seen it. Um, and I, I explained to her why it's really good, but I won't watch it because it scares the piss out of me. I remember um, my folks showed it to me when I was a kid, and I was incredibly bored for about the first half of it, and then the second half got really exciting for me for whatever reason. Um, I need to rewatch it again and see like why. I, I don't know. I, I've seen it like when you three get older. Times, yeah. You appreciate movies a little more. Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that goes. That's the case with most things. But like, you know, like just for some reason, like the second half like really entranced me. I don't know if it was Robert Dreyfus like fucking like. You know, like sculpting the mashed potatoes or whatever. Like for some reason, like just everything became a little bit more high energy or like intense. Yeah. And then, and then the finale, of course, which has the fucking aliens. So, right. Yeah. Sorry. The, don't mean. Wait. To... The aliens do what? <laughs> yeah. They fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. You've seen a cut of this film. Or I've seen a cut of this film that you. You have saw not. the director's cut that was really no the, with, the, the, with the CG elements. The, the in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a super secret cut that we only saw at George Lucas's house. Like oh, that's how we in his basement. It. Yeah, exactly. That was yeah. the only way you could see it. <laughs> that's what he's been shooting. <laughs> Come on, James. Come on down. Come see it. It'll be wonderful. <laughs> I brought. I made popcorn <laughs> with butter. <laughs> but yeah, good choice, Corinne. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. Yeah, I should watch it again. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. This kid Spielberg. I think he's going to go places. Yeah, yeah. I heard he's going to make movies out of Reddit stories. <laughs> I was just going to say he's making, <laughs> he's making Reddit movies now, <laughs> big time. Oh my God, Steven Spielberg, Slender Man. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. I, that's almost what I thought it was. Oh, well, that's that's kind of what it is. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So yeah, thanks, Corinne, as always, sending in something. Yeah. It's fun. You know, it's I take for granted that I I I have seen so many films. 
that I don't realize that some people might not have seen, you know, classic movies. Oh, yeah. I, I need. To, I want to get the 4K of it, though. Like, the Blu-ray is, like, only nine ninety nine at Best Buy, but, like, I want that 4K. So. Yeah, the 4K is cool. Yeah, that's right. He says, having it on his shelf but not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it just looks cool because yeah. it's black. It's one of those thicker ones. But, yeah, I know. But I won't watch it. It terrifies me. <laughs> like signs? I, no, it no, it scares me like E.T., not, <laughs> not like signs. For, for a guy who loves Spielberg, a lot of his films are, like, unwatchable for just you. Just the ones for kids. Yeah, exactly. BFG, E.T. <laughs> Close Encounters isn't for kids. That's, that's true. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Tintin. The only, the only kids' movies from Spielberg that he's made that don't terrify me are shit. <laughs> Tintin's fine. Oh, no, 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 no. Tintin is great. Yeah. A, um, is, is that a kid's movie, though? BFG. No, exactly. No, that's an action-adventure film. Yeah. That happens to that be animated. Do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Hey, cool. cool. Ryan, what else do we do? <laughs> <laughs> Whatever we want. Oh, okay. I can raise hell? Sweet. Yeah. Right on. Let's start a fire, best, guys. That's the best thing to do. <laughs> Brad, can we go around town with you? Or are we just pulling a radio flyer and being sad with a... Golden Retriever in the back. That is an obscure fucking reference. <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been watching a lot of classic stuff. I'm just going deep. Clearly. I'm just going really deep with this stuff. What's going on around town, Brad? Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Yeah, we're just spinning our wheels. The Esquire is still closed, so there's no Aww. midnights. Yeah. I keep hearing rumors that they're not going to do anything with it. And then I keep hearing rumors that it's going to be fixed. Like, there's no solid word on what's happening. Like, everything I read, Sources like, tell me that it's for sale. I mean, <laughs> <it's> up. <laughs> what source? Broke my heart right there. Yeah. And I read on the Facebook page that they're working on it. It's just, you know, maybe April, maybe March. Mm. Cool. They're going to relaunch with Endgame. <laughs> they should have, like, a big celebratory, Dude. like, grand reopening midnight thing. I would go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe new seats, or they should do like a no, they, they should do like a seat. GoFundMe or something. If it's if it's really a money issue, like I would totally give them money to make sure that place stays yeah. open. I love that. Place. Go to Mark Cuban and just be like, "Look, man, you've got enough. Give us this one thing. Doesn't need to be a landmark anymore." Yeah. Then he's a billionaire, so he's like, "Well, work for it then," <laughs> <laughs> like I did. Uh, you can go on Shark Tank and pitch it to him. <laughs> I have an idea it, to fix the, the plumbing time. at an old theater. Sold. Uh, <laughs> He seems. I don't know why. Every time I've seen him on a Shark Tank, my folks watch it. So like, I'll walk in, and he seems like the one who's the most jovial. Everybody else seems like a dick. So, but how did he make his editing. billions like, on the probably, internet? Right. I don't know. No, he owns some football stuff or something. No, nope. uh, nobody. Nobody makes money on the football stuff. People make money and then buy the football stuff. I don't know. Yeah, I just know he owns Landmark. So no, he owns the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, okay. yeah. So he doesn't make money team. on the football stuff. I did. I'm pretty sure it's like something to do with the internet. I know on an episode of The Simpsons, he was in competition with Mr. Burns to be the biggest billionaire. So, uh, If Palooza is uh, the next big uh, film event, I guess. Right on, That's, yeah. Uh, the, March okay. or April, uh, February 21st to the 23rd. Nice. At the Bug Theater, so check that out. You got Cardigan Sorrow playing there? Cardigan Sorrow is playing there. Sweet. I forget which, probably Friday night. Right but, on, cool. Yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Come check it out. Go see Brad. Uh, yeah, he st he went to uh, Dallas and he was a bartender and he started uh, a company called Micro Solutions with support from previous customers from your business software. So he made business software oh, and okay. became a billionaire. Cool. But before that, he worked at a bar like mm -hmm. like in Cheers. 
So he's like Ted. Dan- he's like the Ted Danson of the business world. Yeah, that's okay, exactly cool. what it is. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. More, it, more than Woody Harrelson. Can actually. everything be Cheers? <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't own the bar. He just worked there. Oh, that's so, right. Um, and Mark Cuban also used to play baseball and was a reformed alcoholic. Right. <laughs> so yeah, basically he just did a lot of things on the internet and then sold the ideas and uh, became a, a billionaire. There was a time you just had to own an internet company. Well, yeah, you didn't even he, have to do anything. Well, he started in 97. Oh, yeah. So, he made like, all kinds of dumb money. Broadcast.com. Has anybody heard of that? I don't know. He helped find <laughs> Didn't matter. Find that. Yep. That's, what, that's what's called a bubble. Yep. Cool. Anyways, movies come out on Blu-ray, yeah, and do. we tell you which ones are coming out, and if you should purchase them or not. DVD releases and Blu-rays. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Ryan, should people purchase The Thing from Another World? It's out on Blu-ray from Warner Archives this week. Ooh, then it's yes. The, it's the, the original The Thing that people forget about when they talk about the original thing of John Carpenter's The Thing. Excuse me, it's Howard Hawks' The Thing from Another World. Right. Yes, a he's a great director. Yes, he is. Uh, he's a, Blu-ray.com has them in a weird order this week. Uh, there's a movie called Popcorn that's getting a uh, steel book from Synapse Films. That movie's which weird. Is mm. a weird-looking movie where a guy pulls his face off of his face. Here's the actual big release of the week, which is Bohemian Rap Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. It's got like six different Blu-ray ver- uh, releases. More money like for Brian Singer. Two different 4Ks mm. and. Um, yeah, it's an okay film. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, Audiences I, love it. I kind of picked a fight at fine. Christmas because my aunt and cousin were like, "Oh, have you seen Bohemian Rhapsody yet?" And I was like, "No, I don't care." And they were like, "What? What? What? No, you have to care. It's so good." And I was like, "I don't care. Mm. Uh, I'll watch do it you? at some point." But like, do I need to go see it in theaters? No, I don't care. I mean, I liked, I enjoyed it, but like. It's and clearly audiences have enough that it's become as big as it is right now. Yeah, and it's a lot like fine. the Greatest Showman. Yeah, like I mean, I yes. like I, well, that, except the Greatest Showman is also like a bad thing that people shouldn't show their children <laughs> uh, because it lies to them about the guy. P.T. Barnum was fine. P.T. Barnum's great. He opened up he a house. Everyone to love each other. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and make money for him. And he certainly wasn't a racist. <laughs> He wasn't just selling the bearded lady for her money to like, so he could get rich. No. Guys, it's based on a true story. Okay. <laughs> Should change that to inspired. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but, was, so, but, was, so was the JFK movie. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a fine film. Yeah. No, I'll see it at some point. Wait, are we talking about Bohemian Rhapsody? Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's fine. Yeah. There, there is one really cool, like, I think it's a steel book. I've, I've got it open here. I There's like a 4K. It's got a cool, like, silhouette on the front. I, I would but, want that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, from Shout Factory this week, Shout Factory this week, is the Catherine Heigl joint Valentine. Um, hmm. uh, co-starring David Boreanaz. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that. Uh, I, I clicked on it thinking it was my bloody Valentine, but it's mm-hmm. not. It's just a horror movie called Valentine. Yeah, it's a slasher film. Remember that 98? kid everybody ignored on Valentine's Day? He remembers you. Oh, yeah. Don't, that's creepy. Um, I don't like the message that sends. No, I don't either. Uh, like this, but this, that poster's amazing. It's, <laughs> pro- it's a problematic thing. Yeah. Right? So, yes. You know? Yes. It's it's very what you call late '90s, early 2000s. <laughs> uh, what? Well, actually, what? It, when? When is it? Because I, I believe Heigl. it's early 2000s, right, Ryan? Oh, is it really? Oh yeah, 2001. Yeah. I was assuming because it had Catherine Heigl and it was 2018. Didn't the guy who did it did Urban Legend? I, uh, I it, that, think this cover looks like it. It, it was from. Urban I, I feel like it is, or it's just something else. But they've been talking about this for on the shockwaves thing. So like this, I, I'm curious to see it. It's I've one never of those seen it before. like late 
90s, early 2000s slasher films that is okay. It's like in the cracks. Like, no one remembers it, but it was there. Like, unless you're a fan. So. Yeah. I think it's weird that it's Valentine, but then the the killer is using a bow and arrow like Cupid. He's like, Cupid. Just... Right, but he's not. It's not. It's called Valentine. It's not called Cupid. <laughs> yeah. Cupid's um, cute. Yeah. Killer Cupid. Like, spell it killer and then K-U-P-I-D. Yeah. Uh, Sony is releasing the original Fright Night this week on oh, yeah. Blu-ray. Finally, we don't have to pay 70 to 80 bucks well, for one disc. <laughs> uh, if you click on it, it's unavailable. Oh, is it really? Yeah. So oh, maybe they've shoot. got a... Um... Does that mean they're pushing it back, or does that mean that they sold I out? think it's sold out. Um, gotcha. I mean, I haven't, got on it, I haven't got it canceled yet on Amazon, oh. but I also haven't been updated that it's going to ship. So it, oh, okay. It might, be, uh, it might be something on Sony's end, but like... They did this with Christine when it left Twilight Time, so I think, well, it'll be available. Yeah. Um, I don't know why anyone would buy it, though, when you can watch the Marty Noxon version. Anyway, Have you seen the original one? No, I haven't. It's, it's adorable, awesome. <laughs> and Roddy McDowell's amazing. Uh, yeah, but does it have a shark no. playing a vampire in it? No, it has Roddy McDowell. It has but, Chris Randon's the vampire in it. But Imogene Poots. But Roddy McDowell. But just how much fun is it just to say Imogene Poots? Did anybody in your cast play an ape in a Planet of the Apes movie, let alone five? Does anybody in your cast have the name Imogene Poots? <laughs> no. They don't need it. They have Roddy McDowell. <laughs> uh, Arrow this week is putting out a collector's edition of Audition. Uh, oh, shit. That movie's intense. They're also Arrow is also putting out Horror Express with Vincent Price. Is it on a train? Um, is I, it like a terror train? It is. Look at all these people whose eyes have gone white and they're bleeding out of their eyes. Hey, Peter Cushing's there, but his eyes aren't crazy. Yeah. yeah. Because um, he's debonair. Uh, yes. I, because he's either solving the murderer or doing the murderer, yep. murdering. On that on that cover, it looks like he's trying to figure out why they replicated him kind for of Rogue looks like One. <laughs> Yeah, it does. Well, because this earth in the back kind of looks like the phantasm ball. It does. Uh, Boy. Yeah. I love. I I uh, I think he's doing like his best Hercule Poirot. That's like, Terry Savalas in instead back? of instead of twelve people being guilty, twelve people are gonna die. Its IMDb rating's pretty good. It's seven point one. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Arrow's putting it out, so it's got to be amazing, right? Yeah. Um, I, um, I have Microwave Massacre by Arrow. That is not amazing. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good, though. Can you really microwave people with a massacre or massacre people with a microwave? Don't you have to kill them uh, one at a time? So you kill them and then you cook them in the microwave. Oh, okay. So you kill a bunch of people mm-hmm. and then you put it in the microwave. Yeah. That, that's, I'm sorry. That Steelbook for Bohemian Rhapsody does look pretty neat. I know. That's uh, pretty good. That's pretty yeah. damn cool. Looks like it's a dessert. coin. Yeah. But it's not a coin. It's a case. Yeah. But it's also a coin. Well, it's like a steel book, but instead of being silver, it's it's coppery, which is kind of cool. Yeah, neat. Uh, Shout Factor is also putting out uh, Poison Ivy, which this looks like it's is it the yeah it's a collection. It is the collection. It is. I didn't even know there were four. I thought there were three. I, I thought there was one. one. Yeah, I thought it was the oh, Drew Barrymore one. I knew there were more than one, uh, but no. Apparently, there's four of them now. Um, yeah. So if you want to watch. Women seduce older men and then take their clothes off and then maybe murder them. I've never seen them. I have no idea. In, in which one of them does she team up with Bane? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's the fourth one. Oh, okay. <laughs> mm. 
It was called Poison Ivy in other countries. (laughs) No, it's just called Poison Ivy and Bane. (laughs) With also Uh, Batman. (laughs) Uh, Criterion is putting out uh, Berlin Alexander Platz. Never heard of it. No idea what that is. Nope. But that's their job. Yeah. Uh, This week you can also get Nobody's Fool, but not the good movie. (laughs) Just the new one. Yeah, the Taraji P. Henson. um, Oh, no, 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 no. I'm sorry. Tiffany Haddish, directed by Tyler Perry. Yeah, with Whoopi Goldberg. I'm a big fan Tiffany of Tiffany Haddish is everywhere. I'm a big fan of Paul Newman's Nobody Fool. Nobody's Fool. So I, I just like this movie just because of its title. Oh, I just like sure it because it's, it's by Tyler Perry. I'm sure. Oh, never mind. I'm sure Paul Newman forgives them. Paul Newman or Tyler Perry's he's, probably never seen a Paul Newman movie, so he <laughs> he can claim ignorance. And likewise, Paul Newman never saw a Tyler Perry movie because he. When died I went and saw then. Vice at the end, they're going through the credits. No, and this person next to me goes tyler perry was in that yeah and he's I'm really like, good <laughs> doesn't even not look like tyler perry it looks exactly like tyler perry they don't know yeah. who tyler perry is that's the problem oh they think that he's perry, yeah they think tyler perry is a large black woman oh, okay oh, that, that would have been amazing if Medea played <laughs> colin powell in that movie <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, massive quantities of Are uranium or what <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's my Sam Rockwell as George W. Bush. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good role or a good performance. Uh, this week on Blu-ray, you can get uh, The Front Runner, which is that little movie with Hugh Jackman about the like guy who was running for Canadian president. Don't look at me. Brad saw it. He could tell you more about it. I'm pretty sure he's a United States president. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> I don't know. But a sex scandal interrupted his progress. Right. That mm. happens. Ma'am. Times that they have changed. Uh, now you can bang porn stars and Playboy models and pay them off and still be president. Uh, wankity schmankity do. <laughs> I'm sad now. I know. See, Find something see, to cheer us up. Quick. This, this isn't it. Season one of Night Flyers, the George R. R. Martin sci-fi show, is out on Blu-ray this week. Mm-hmm. Wait, he does things other than not write books? Uh, <laughs> that was good. <laughs> That was good. That was really I've good. never seen this show beyond the first season. I like the name of that Blu-ray. <laughs> Purgatory Road. Purgatory Road. <laughs> Is that this weird? That's week my from... least favorite Bruce Springsteen album. Wait, I gotta. Oh. I actually have to minimize this. Un- unearthed. Films. You know when I was writing the album Purgatory Road, I thought about all the times I was driving cross country. Never know if I was going to heaven. Never know if I was going to hell. Always down the middle of the road. Purgatory Road. <laughs> So I As I pass the Jersey Turnpike <laughs> and look out my window, I notice the demons falling in my cup between heaven and hell. We need to get a hold of Bruce right now and be like, we got a, we got a pitch for your final song. Like, this is the song you play before you die. I reached up to heaven and realized I was alone. <laughs> it's dark and cold. On Purgatory Road. <laughs> wow, that's, that's all right. But anyway, Purgatory Road looks like it's a so horror movie. So I kept movie. on running the song. Yeah, and it's, a horror, <laughs> it's a horror movie where I think... Have you seen uh, his thing on Netflix? It's good. Oh, yeah, the co- I still haven't watched it yet. Oh, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Bruce Springsteen fan, but I still haven't watched it yet. I'm not a big Bruce Springsteen fan, but I like that he tells stories before every oh, song. Because cool. he has not talk to us like this. Oh, God. Uh, this looks like a movie where a priest goes around and stabs people... Uh, and he drives around in a Winnebago with a knife, not with his wiener. A shitty old Winnebago. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Uh, <laughs> he drives around in a shitty old Winnebago that says "I forgive" on it, and has his bike on top, but just cl- in case he needs to go someplace. <laughs> but clearly, he doesn't. <laughs> otherwise, he wouldn't be distance. using the knife. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. He oh, this poster's irony. <laughs> he forgives his knife oh. for getting dull. 
And, you know, as I was driving down the road and I saw a priest over there holding a knife, I think he was asking for forgiveness. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Uh, and then lastly is a old Sony film from 1944 called None Shall Escape. The cover's awesome. Uh, it does. Everybody's getting pointed at. I don't know where to look. Everywhere I look, somebody points for me Except to look for the dude with, else. like, is that guy have a boomerang? What does he have in his does it say? Does it say Sony on it? It says Sony, right? It says Sony, yeah. It's okay. Sony 1944. I don't know yeah. what this is. I'll have to look it up. Uh, yeah. No stars or anything listed on the thing? Yeah, I'm sure there are. Okay. Uh, three three stars. Okay. Uh, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Uh, Andre de Toth, <laughs> written by Lester Cole. Stars stars Marcia good old Hunt. Lester Cole. That's it. Yeah, right on. All right. Cool. We also watch movies throughout the week, and we like to explain to people these movies that we are watching. In a segment I call Explanation of Films. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. What is movie? <laughs> Why is movie? Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, this week, um, I got some Shout Factory stuff in the mail, starting with Cobra. Oh, nice. Which Ooh. is still kind of boring, but the deaths are pretty sweet. Yeah, I think it's, like, so stupid it's fun. Yeah, it's, just, like... Uh, ha- <laughs> like when they have the arguments inside, like the police station, they're the most cliched arguments yeah, ever. Yeah, and that, the the behind the scenes talks about like how hard that was to shoot because it was all glass and they're like spinning around yeah. the the center central command thing. But like, yeah, like the villain gets placed on that hook and then like sent into the fire. <laughs> yep. and, uh, <laughs> Why? One of the that motorcycle awesome. guys gets thrown under the truck and like yep. you see like this dummy like just gets splattered <laughs> yeah. and then he comes out of the other and he's like totally fine. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. I love too where he's. In the back of the pickup truck, just mowing people down. Yeah. Like, I, I want... Just no regard. It's, that'd be awesome if you could be a cop like that. Just sit in the back and just... <laughs> Again, I'm not talking about that you should admit on a recorded no, podcast. I'm just saying if, if there's a demonic motorcycle gang. Okay. Sure. I'm not, oh, yeah, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying, like, right. random people. Right. And I, don't, I don't know why Bridget Nielsen's character was so important. I know. <laughs> uh, wife? Feels like they had plenty of witnesses. But yeah, in the special features, they... Everyone kind of talks about how, you know, she and Stallone were basically just like making out on the set all the time, and Gross. you know, no one knew what to do with the movie. And <laughs> George Cosmatos was like a tyrant, and yeah, I heard it's a there's like a there's a cut of it that's really long, and no one's ever found it. Like it's, it's like the two and a half hours cut. long because I'm pretty sure the movie is an hour and twenty minutes long. It's really short, hmm. like super short. George, okay. George, let me know when the next shot's up. I'm gonna go make up with Bridgie here. No, they just took the, the all the footage they filmed and started cutting until it made sense. <laughs> Pretty, that's <laughs> take probably exactly what they did. Sense. Yeah, and Stallone would come back to the set and start directing for him, and George would just be like, like would just shrink down and like be meek and like, yes, Stallone, anything you want, Stallone. <laughs> oh, you go over wow. here. I want a tracking shot of my car pulling in. You know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're gonna two shot over here. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah, Brad, the Stallone effect took over you, man. That was nice. Oh, it takes over whatever. Yeah. If, if James is going to leave his hand on the board. <laughs> I know. That's what happens. I think after Creed 2, Stallone went into our board. <laughs> that's where he is now. No, he's got the like the Stallone model. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Each board has like a different celebrity like yeah. button. So and I love the Stallone. product placement of the Pepsi neon sign. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that a hospital? I, I, don't, <laughs> no, I thought it was his apartment. It, or is he in the hospital and he leaves and it's the roof of the hospital? I don't remember. I know the roof of the hospital. I know he fights bad guys on it. They're like the yeah, it's the two assassins. Yeah. who's not the one main bad guy, and the, he chases them out. But 
the one guy he gets away. Yeah. Oh, maybe I don't remember. And like, I literally awful. just watched it like two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he then, just kills a lot of people in it. Yeah. <laughs> and then my Double Dragon Blu-ray came in, and that has a lot of special features and I love, behind the scenes stuff. I was reading a post that Paul they put, wrote that. Did he really? Yeah. They put out that they're going to stop putting slip covers on stuff. MVD. Yeah. Oh, weak. Yep. That yeah. Sucks. They, uh, mine came in a blue Blu-ray case, which is odd because they usually huh. come in clear ones. Oh yeah, they also posted about that too. Ah, oh, why? Because the they had some problem with <clears throat> the printing or the distribution. I don't know. Yeah. If you go case. to their Facebook page, they post about it all yeah. the time. I have extra clear cases anyway, so I'll just switch it out myself. But right. yeah, the slipcover that's not yeah. cool. Hmm. Because that's when they usually put like little yeah, unless they kind rewind stickers on. Yeah, they uh, they're only going to do it if it's ordered a lot. Mm. So, like the Double Dragon one, I think sold out. I think so, yeah. And du- Double Impact too, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, Double Dragon's a fun and fascinating. It's nice to see it not on DVD for once. <laughs> um, I was trying to think of any interesting story stuff. It just has like a lot of behind the scenes stuff, like Scott Wolf's interview, Mark Descascos. Oh wow. Um, the director's not on it, but the two of the like it was written by four people. Two of the writers on it, like it was rewritten. Um, and then the producers on it. Um, yeah, just like a really jam packed disc. So nice. nice. Um, and then I watched, uh, Jason goes to hell again <laughs> for first time in a long time. And oof. it's tough. Is there a main character in that movie? Yeah. It's, I feel like just, it's the guy's like, you going to go to crystal Lake, smoke a little dope, have some premarital sex. <laughs> That's a direct line from the film. If you're wondering, it is, it is. I remember. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think it's supposed to be that guy. But I think halfway through the movie, I was like, are these the same characters? Who who are we following in this movie other than Jason? Yeah. Um, I think we're following... Or spirit, I guess. I think we're following Adam, Adam Marcus's delusion. That's what yeah. we're following <laughs> in the yeah. movie. And then like, there's a special dagger that you got to yeah. use to kill a Voorhees. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, what the... F- yeah. Well, if have you ever listened to the commentary on it? No. It, the, he talks about... He's, this how is they streaming, t- too. So. How they just kept on like trying to figure out the movie. And so that scene where they're in the jail together is how he could explain everything he needed to explain about Jason. And, um, it's, it's bad. And it's one of those films that I always go, I'm like, is it as bad as I remember it? And then I put it in after every couple years or so. I'm like, yep. Yeah. It's almost like it just, the it's movie keep on. It does feel like the movie just changes as it goes. Like yeah. they're figuring it out. Like, Oh, here's a new idea. Well, one of the writers went on to do like rest of development and stuff. Yeah. Dean Laurie. Yeah. yeah. But it's a, it's tough, and and like I guess my biggest problem with it too is uh, Adam Marcus always blames the fans for not getting his film. And I said, no, it's not the fans' fault. It's the thing with Friday Thirteenth is they're not. I I know they're not like great films, but they're supposed to be fun, and his movie's not fun. It's like mean and violent, and I know it sounds silly to say for a Friday Thirteenth, but it's just ran- It's stupid. It's and Jason's not in it. Yeah, and then at the end when he can kill that one dude, he just like tips over the like the playground equipment stuff he's on and like punches him. I'm like, Jason could like rip his head off. Why yeah. is he punching him? And yet the minute they put that and Jason X on a uh, affordable Blu-ray that isn't out of print, I will grab it. So, <laughs> so Jason X is fun. I know. I love I'd Jason, X, but... Jason X 40 times before I saw <laughs> Jason goes to hell one more time. No joke. The closest like uh reach for a Blu-ray copy of that and Jason goes to hell is in a double pack that's out of print. And it's like <laughs> minimum of, like 40 to 50 on eBay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, speaking of horror films, I also watched Terrifier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh. Which, uh, special effects-wise, is really cool. Yeah. Story-wise, it's like not... It's very unconventional because yeah. the main character's 
bite it. Yeah. <laughs> really but, early like, on. I think what, I think that movie needs more money. Cause I think, <laughs> well, well, cause there's, there's the, like, uh, the, I think the budget is really constrained by the, the structure of the film. Mm. Cause it doesn't make sense why they're in this, like, abandoned warehouse, warehouse that has people that live in it. Um, but I think the character's cool, like, the clown. Yeah, and, it's definitely weird. And, uh, yeah, I mean, the deaths are brutal. Yeah. Um, That's all it's got going for it. The only death I was like, the, the one where he uh, splits the girl down yeah. with the hacksaw. But at the same time, I'm going like, I don't think you can cut through a hum- human pelvis that fast with a hacksaw. <laughs> I even think when he shoots that one girl over and over again, it's pretty brutal. Yeah. And, that, that, yeah, really, like, the probably the only interesting part of the movie is how brutal and violent yeah. it is. Yeah, because everything else is, meh. Yeah, like, there's no one to, like, the yeah, the one girl I was following and, like, interested in her story. Yep. Gets shot in the face. She gets like, shot she, in the face six times. And there's, still, the like, there's yeah. still like half an hour Wait. or 45 minutes of movie left. So the clown just shoots people in the face? Um, They really don't explain who the clown is. Like he just shows up on Halloween and starts killing people. Yeah. I'm used to and he's based killer on, clown movies. I think it's All Hallows' Eve or something. Yeah. It's a bit more creative death than just like a killer clown with a gun. Well, that's just one death. Well, that's just one. <laughs> it just insane. Someone brought it into the... I forget what the other ones were. James prefers clowns that kill kids. The cutting through the woman, sorry, with the vagina. Warn you. Then he was eating that one lady (laughs) (laughs) after he ran her over. Did he run her over? I can't remember. At the end, where he starts eating that lady's face. I remember that part. Yep. This one's on Netflix, right? Uh, yeah, Amazon or is it Netflix? It's Netflix. It's Netflix. It's streaming. I'm gonna have to watch it this week. Yeah, watch it. Actually, speaking of death, Cobra. I forget. That part where they drive the van into that one police officer and like pin him to the wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was like, "How did they accomplish that shot?" And I like frame by frame slowed it down, and I still have no idea because uh, he's there and the van covers him, and like there's no dummy that hits the wall. It's just like he they just killed some guy. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah. Like, and then I there's a shot like through the back of the van to the that? oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Need a tissue? Oh, you got one. <laughs> Uh, uh, there's a shot from inside the van out the windshield mm-hmm. and like there's a police officer standing up and I'm trying to like it looks like it might be a dummy because uh, his expression doesn't change but it is still like two or three frames yeah um, you know it could have been on wires and it's like hand doesn't feel like it's holding the gun properly mm-hmm. but also when you cut to the outside shot like his ankle and feet is like moving like it should, like a dummy wouldn't. Is it so. a John Landis movie? <laughs> oh. No, because it's not a kid. Oh. <laughs> um, see, I don't know. That I'm baffled by how that effect worked because it's also not like you know a forced perspective where he's oh, out of the field of huh. the man and it, like passes by him. Yeah, but he just he disappears into the grill, and then it hits the wall. <laughs> anyway. Anyone knows the solution magician. that I tell me? He's a magician. Yeah, it's pre-CGI, so... Yeah. Like, if it was optical, you'd see cut lines yeah. around the... And I don't. Oh, now you got me curious. I'll watch Cobra again. Oh, and Double Dragon, they left the cigarette burn in it. So <laughs> the real change happens. There's a big <laughs> black spot in it. The uh, only print available was the cigarette burn one. <laughs> yeah, and the last thing I watched was the Fire documentary on Netflix. Oh, yeah. Oh, I saw that, too. Which... Um, if you're if you're a person who helped organize that shit show and also a person who bought tickets to that shit show, don't ever come in contact with me because you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> um, I know. Yeah. Uh, Everything about it is just like it, it. It you're watching it and you feel like you're watching a fantasy. Like yeah. you, it, it, I don't feel it about can't ba- be realistic. 
like, and I don't feel bad for the people who like had to go to that island and like suffer for a few days because they're like you know they show them like Instagramming and stuff like oh cool we're gonna have like the best time and I know, you know it we're and they have like, like the, the worst. yeah and they talk about like it's these first world problems right. They spent like eight thousand dollars to go see Blink One Eighty Two. I'm like, what the fuck? Is, <laughs> what are you? What? All yeah. the small things. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah. Obviously, I think guys Brian Mc, McFarland or something. Mc, Billy Mc, McFarland. Yeah. Yeah. Billy McFarlane, yeah. yeah. yeah I, and the fact that like after that debacle, he tried to come back and do it again. Well, yeah, well not even that. <laughs> he's like scamming people, but in a worse. Like he's basically email phishing people. Like yeah. just sending people emails. The people like, he screwed I over got already. These awesome backstage passes. Call me and give me money. And then like people called him and gave him money. And you're like, oh my god. But yeah, that whole VIP lifestyle. I'm just like, just oh, it was just terrible, disgusting. Yeah. Um, Don't feel bad for any of these people. Well, and you're just watching these people like basically just sell a vision without actually having anything. Like when you watch Ja Rule. The problem is people listen to Jaw Rule, but is he, is he still like? Did he get any blowback from this? Because I feel like he's just he's as complicit. In, no, no, no. He's still in a bunch of lawsuits and stuff like that. Yeah. Good, but but part of it, like, you know, he also has at least a way. At least watching that documentary, you realize, like, you know, Jaw Rule is there being Jaw Rule and walking around going like, "This is gonna be the biggest thing ever. We're gonna be great," and like talking to you know supermodels and stuff and being like, "This no, we're gonna sell this great big thing," right? And the difference is that the guy whose job it was to execute reality bought into Ja Rule's bullshit, too, and was like, yeah, no, we're just going to do great things. It's going to be great. We're going to be great. Everything's going to be great. They ja Rule's gr- job is to just say dumb shit and leave, go home. Well, they have that. Wait, also, I don't know how they have footage of all this behind-the-scenes stuff. It's like they were... They fil- they, they filmed everything. They filmed them actually, like, like when they're on the island having, like, the bonfire party, and they're legitimately saying, like, uh, yeah, we're going to sell a pipe dream to all these Midwesterners who don't yes. know any better. Oh, yeah. Like, when even this... That's, that's really going to be used in court. What's really great is the <laughs> scenes where, like, the supermodels in real time are sitting there going, like, wait, you guys are going to do what? Like, this doesn't make... What do we, what do we sell? Like, you, you can't feel sorry for them because at least they're just doing their job and they're literally saying to these guys, like, wait, what does getting video of us, like, dancing and jumping in the water in the middle of the night have to – what are you trying to do? Like, they're being good business people <laughs> where, honestly, this is – this. it's clear that Ja Rule just wants to play in the water with supermodels, and, and they know it. They're like, no, you want to, like, f- quote, film us right now, but you don't actually want to – no, this hmm. doesn't – there's no plan for this. Like So sketch. Yeah. And then uh, what I feel bad for is actually all the people who's like – whose job it was to kind of do some of that stuff. And they were like, but there's so many red flags. Ju- leading up to it, Oh, they still totally. Stuck yeah. around for it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but also some of them, like, you know, some of the, some of the people were contractors and things like that. Were like, they only got paid if they at least finished the job. Uh, like, I feel bad for that one guy who like kept telling them, like, you can't do this. You can't do this. But he was a contractor and they kept paying him. Um, and he's like, this isn't going to work. And they, but they only paid him like half of what he was supposed to get paid. So he had to sort of stick it out. Uh, by the time it was bad, he was like, I have to stick it out. And he literally called at one point and was like, you need to call and cancel all this stuff. None of this is going to happen. And they told him like, well, no, it's still going to happen. And everybody's going to see you. Cause he was supposed to also teach yoga. Yeah. You're like, everybody's going to see you in your yoga pants. Um, and he's like, what the fuck? What is wrong with you people? <laughs> like you need, you just lost blink One Eighty Two. No one is going to come to this dumb thing. You need to cancel this right now. 
Um, oh, it's just awful. And yeah. part of it is that guy just lies to everybody. Yeah, like it's it's barely even Ja Rule's fault when that guy. You see the video where Ja he like he lies to Ja Rule and is like, "Nah, we bought this island and we did this stuff," and like he's lying <laughs> to the investors and oh, it's unbelievable. I've, I've had problems organizing events in the past, and like, <laughs> but 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 like but, Maybe you'll but, but uh, no no but like watching like even just reading about this stuff because I still haven't seen the doc. I'm just like. Wow, like mine was just out of like young ignorance trying to learn the ins and outs sure. of stuff. This is just straight up dumb. Oh yeah. Like like but I can't wait to watch these docs. Like there's a Hulu one too and Henry told me I need to watch both of them back to back to let him know what I think of mm. which which one I think is better. <laughs> so Yeah. Um but yeah. 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 Cool. Speaking of Henry, he released a movie this week. Yeah. Fabrication. You can check it which out I on YouTube. Watched. Cool. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. Uh actually really smartly written. Um was really impressed. And he's yeah. one of the voices of the puppets, which yep. is fun. That's a great short. He should be. He has a very distinct voice. I haven't, I haven't watched this. Uh, I haven't watched this version of that. So, like, but he sent me an earlier version, like a couple months back. That, like, I was, I was amazed by it. I think it was just after we saw Happy Time Murders, and I was just like, "Wow, this is the puppet movie. I wish we could have reviewed." <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, I like it. Keep going, Henry. This rocks. James. Oh, oh I, I didn't know Brad was done. I'm done. Oh, uh, so last night I watched Overlord, uh, which I didn't get a chance to yeah. see in theaters. Right on. Uh, and that's a fucking Nazi zombie movie. Hell yeah. It, it was exactly what I expected. Oh, yeah. Um, really? I thought the opening was amazing, the, oh, no, the D-Day the, yeah. thing. Well, but that was kind of in the trailer. So I, I sort of knew, like, okay, was there's going to be... I don't remember. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the opening trailer, like, for 10 or 15 seconds, no, maybe even longer. It shows it getting shot while, up. Mm. Yeah, for a little while, you think you're going to get a World War Two movie, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, the the shot, like especially when he jumps out of the plane or gets pushed out of the plane, that kind of stuff was all really cool. Um, yeah, I, I there was some really neat, and I think the whole, the sort of tension in that house early on yeah. is really great. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, I don't know how to say this. I think maybe, I don't even think this is a criticism of the movie. I got impatient for the monster stuff to happen even though what was happening was really good, I got impatient for the mm. monster thing to happen. But in a way that I think if I, when I watch that movie a second time, um, I will not be impatient. I'll just get to sit in it and be like... Yeah, I felt the same Ooh. way about Godzilla. When I watched yes. Godzilla a yes. second time, it was a lot better. Yeah, I recently rewatched it. Uh, I've discovered that my wife really likes giant monster movies. Yes! Hell yeah. Um, I know. So I went and bought all of them. and Because uh, any good excuse to buy Blu-rays... <laughs> <laughs> Got to take um, it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um, and uh, anyway, so I recently we watched that Godzilla too, and was like, man, this is actually a lot better than I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think the same thing will be true here, where you know, like I looked at all that stuff and was like, this is good. Where's the zombie part? Uh, <laughs> and then when it comes, it was great. But um, also, humans are the real monsters. Right. Well, oh, no, 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 no. As always, Nazis are the real monsters. <laughs> no, 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 no. Nazis are the monsters. Yeah. Zombies are the monsters. Nazi zombies are the monsters. Right. Right. Anything. Yes, yes you're right. I'm sorry. My bad. I forgot. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it was really good. I think, you know, at least watching it at home, all of the CG holds up well well enough for a small little horror action-y movie. I love that opening, like, that title scrawl and just, like, the way it ends with, like, we're just kind of have to keep fighting and, like, that plays that, like, mix of a 40s slash... Like I don't know if you call it rap rock or whatever. Like, like yes. it's like a forty song, but like rap rock style. I just like ah, this yes. is this is brilliant. I love that. Yeah. I need to, I need to get it on Blu-ray though. There so. were a few moments where the score, 
the part, the score during the part where he's wandering around in the lab, mm-hmm. wandering, it makes it sound like, yeah, but <laughs> where he's sneaking around in the lab, <laughs> yeah, um, is really interesting. It's like this, it's not a heartbeat, it's sort of mechanical, but it's got that sort of heartbeat rhythm, and it, it sounds just off. Like, it's not even music, mm-hmm. it's just like a rhythmic noise, right? But that's the score. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was very weird. Uh, but cool, you know, it's just sort of unnerving. Um, it also is yeah. a movie that reminds me of like when I when I, when I back it's like ten years ago when I'd see trailers for Inglorious Bastards, I had this grand vision of what the movie was going to be before I saw the movie. Yeah, Overlord's kind of the partial fulfillment of what I thought the tra- the movie was going to be. Sure, sure. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a much more just hey, let's have fun. It like, is much more straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, but also, but um, also, the, I think the characters are all really good. I think especially like the. The guy you're supposed to kind of hate, who's on the team, who comes around and you know befriends the kid and all of that. Uh, like, I really like him. I, I, yeah, I think all of the characters who get to the end of the movie are all characters that I really enjoyed. Kurt well, Russell, Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell. Um, oh yeah, that is who that Enough is. Enough said. Yeah. yeah, give him a career um, now. He's great. Yeah, nepotism really only in this. Nepotism case. works. Only um, in this case. <laughs> uh, well, especially in his whole family, actually. Well, they're a, uh, they're a talented batch of humans. Right. I want them to all succeed. Yeah. Even Kate Hudson. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, big fan of Fool's Gold. No, I'm just kidding. Sure. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, I also got a chance to see Leave No Trace, uh, which I watched last week. Oh, yeah. Um, which is the Ben Foster movie. Um I adored that movie. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we rented it on. Yeah, we got it on Amazon, so you can you can stream it on Amazon. I think it's actually Prime right now, so you don't even have to pay for it. Nice, um, great little movie. Basically, Ben Foster is a is a vet, modern day, um, and he uh, his he lives out in the woods, like in a national park, with his daughter, and <laughs> she's maybe ten or twelve, something like that. Like she's. She's getting older and more independent. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's sort of their struggle. He has a hard time being around people and, and sort of wants to just live out in the woods and be left alone. But obviously he's got this, this you know, this daughter who's getting older. And so it's it's really a movie about sort of their struggle as she matures and tries to figure out what stability looks like. And to him, what everybody else calls stability is threatening right um and it, it's beautiful like i i adored it um <laughs> it's one of those that i'm sure i will watch a number of times um and just an easy recommend like it's one of the things that i think is i don't want to say this i don't think this is really spoilers but one of the things that really shocked me and and i was so pleased by is that you realize that there's actually no one bad in the movie like there's there's actually not even a villain um even when you know through the whole thing everybody has a certain point of view and they're all being kind to these people in from their own point of view. So right? circumstance like, is really the villain. Yeah. Well, no, the, I mean the villain is, is really his disease and, and what his disease is, you know, going to do to their relationship as she gets older. Right. And sort of how, how does, how, how do they make this work? Right. Right. Um, you know the the villain is the bad shit that happened to him in war mm-hmm. fifteen years ago, right? You know, um, or ten years ago, whatever it was, because we don't actually have any idea like when the mom left the picture or whatever. Um, 
And so that that's part of what was so pleasant to me was they didn't try to tell a story that was obvious. They they tried to tell a story that was maybe real, and then that makes it really difficult to create the conflict in a in an easy way, right? They had to deal with the hard conflict. So I think it was great. Um, I'm yeah. sorry I missed it. I want to check it out now. Yeah, you really should. Uh, I also got a chance to finally watch. I actually watched it on the flight. Brad and I were on the other day. I watched Three Identical Strangers, um, <laughs> which watching it on a plane, really not a bad way to watch that movie. No. <laughs> um, especially on a Delta flight where like the screen is good and it's great. Um, that was not a plug for Delta. Can't wait to fly Delta now. Man, so good. Real nerds, James. Uh, those, those little biscuit cookies, they were so amazing. Guys, I just yeah, got work. Free. Cookies? What? <laughs> yeah, you didn't get cookies? I didn't get cookies. What? Did you nap? No. They they did a whole they interrupted my fucking movie to tell me uh, on this on today's fight you will have four options for your snack you'll have you'll have a, th- a little pack of cookies or a little thing of pretzels or a little thing of this or a little thing of that and I was like one of those was cookies so I want that one. Like, <laughs> I just got an email from Delta. All of our faces are plastered on their planes now. Oh, good. sweet. <laughs> hey, their check cleared. Oh, they're check cleared. Podcast over. <laughs> <laughs> well, so long, guys. Step right out to a Frank Sinatra song. Yeah. Um, we did so, it our way. <laughs> uh, so I won't say much about Three Identical Strangers because I think the mystery is part of what's so great about it. Um, but it's also like based Everywhere on a true story that was pretty publicized. <laughs> Um, but it's like one of those stories, like just because it was I'd popular. Heard. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. it's it gets lost in the minutia of or stuff. It's, what it, uh, it's actually more that like I'd heard the story but didn't know it. Yeah, because like, you'll hear things about like t- you know twins separated at birth or like it's one of I, many stories. There's another thing I want to say that I shouldn't say, but the short version, the short pitch is that it's a documentary about three triplets who are separated at birth, and as opposed to two triplets or four find triplets. each other. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> but all three of them are separated because they could have been separated at birth, but like two went to one house and one went to the other. All three se- triplets were separated at birth. Bam! See English majors. <laughs> yes, but you would have been terrible at pitching sister sister to the network. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so it's triplets. All three of them are separated at birth. Yep, and then they find each other. And then there's more to the story mm. because it would be a short movie if not. I think um, – I don't know if you found it. Like, Did you find that like, like the revelations in it are interesting but also just the emotional impact and what they've dealt with? Like, well, that was more interesting so to I me. Would, I would t- yes, that was all really great. Yeah. I would take it further and say that the, the overwhelming – or the, the overarching uh, content about nature versus nurture – that question, which at one point I feel like one of one of the like people that they interview kind of puts a nail in that and says like, well, no, what we learned clearly from this is X. And then the movie goes and argues very heavily for Y mm-hmm. to really make you realize like, well, no, like this is all kind of surfacey. Mm-hmm. That to me was also really compelling. Um, like to take the <laughs> the movie in a number of ways ends up being sort of like a clinical study of what would happen if these three kids were right. were separated at birth and if you you kind of look at their life and see they went to different families how how does that affect right. them and the movie then sort of becomes that that analysis in addition to the story of these specific three people right, right. 
Um, and I think that's part of what makes it so compelling. Right. And then I think the message that it's sending with that is really, really beautiful and interesting. And I was speaking uh, well. I mean, compelling. It, it would technically be a spoiler, but like, there's something that happens like with the three brothers. Yes. On an emotional level, that I think like hits harder than any revelation we get from like their circumstance. Yeah. It's kind of like how they react to things. Right. Well, and it takes their. It, that takes this big idea of the story mm-hmm. and and sort of puts it under a microscope and makes them all feel like people. right, 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 and that's one of the things that Wh- was, which which is what makes it great. like more than just like a lifetime discovery channel documentary thing. Right. Like that's what takes yeah. it above. Yeah, it's and a great film. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's another sort of easy recommend where I'm like every everyone should just watch this. I mean, it's like an hour and a half long. You can throw it on. It's on Amazon for or no, no, I saw it on the flight. Uh, you can stream it on can, CNN. I think you can. Wa- yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. It's a I CNN think it's on. Film. It's on Amazon right now. I don't know if it's Prime or not. I think it is. Um, so that'd know. be great. If, that'd be great if it is. I'll rewatch it tonight. Yeah. I like that movie. Um, it's wonderful. Everybody mm-hmm. should throw it on and watch it in the background. And nice. It's great. It almost made my top ten. Yeah. Whoa. I I could see that. Yep. Yeah. It's very close. Um, but yeah. no cigar. It is. It's really yep. Cool. That's how that fr- phrase ends, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> my name's not Jason. <laughs> Uh, and then the very last thing was that a couple weeks ago, uh, I went and I saw Dragon Ball Z Super Broly Dork. in the theater. Because <laughs> um, I told you guys a while back, I started watching through Dragon Ball Z Kai. Right. And so Rafe, who's been on the show before, uh, he and I sort of got into it because there's a podcast that inspired the whole thing that we both listened to. Yeah. And so um, even though I haven't seen any of Super and I have no idea what's going on, he's like, we should go see this stupid fucking movie. <laughs> uh, and it's real great and terrible. It's pretty boring for the first, like, 20 minutes mm-hmm. um, beca- while they tell this whole, like, origin story of Broly. Mm-hmm. But then they fight, and then it's fine. Um, you know, going into this, I didn't know. There was a bunch of shit I didn't know. Like, that now they don't just go Super Saiyan. They go Super Saiyan, God Super Saiyan. Uh, there's like multiple tiers of Super Saiyan, so like their hair will go yellow, and then it'll go red, and then it'll go blue. And I was like, "What the fuck is happening?" Like, what? I don't even know what you're saying to me right now. That, I know that's right. So all the hair you, colors of the rainbow. So <laughs> let me t- quickly tell you the story, which is that these these two alien people who like to fight are on Earth, right? But they have a long lost cousin who he got exiled to a different planet. It's basically Superman. It's basically Dragon Ball Z. Basically, the story of Superman. Uh, like Goku is Superman. Anyway, they have a long cousin uh, named Zod, who in this case is called Broly, <laughs> and he's on a different planet, and he gets raised by his dick dad, uh, and he's basically like the Hulk now, where he doesn't really talk much, he just punches things. And so, uh, finally, he shows up in the movie, and uh, Broly fights Vegeta, and then Vo- Broly fights Goku, and then Broly and Vegeta f- do a little dance, and turn into one person instead of two people, which makes them more powerful. And then they fight Broly. And then uh, right before they're going to finally kill Broly, a little girl brings some balls together and summons a dragon. And then she uses the dragon to wish Broly back to his home planet. And so wait, then wait, the wait, fight- wait. She brought balls together and then summoned the dragon? Yeah, she brings all the balls together. And she summons a dragon and wishes Broly back to his home planet. Delphi. This is literally Phil, the plot of the movie. <laughs> wishes Broly back to his home planet, where then Goku magically shows up and gives Broly an apartment and says, I think you're fun. We should be friends. And then the credits rolled. 
I know what the fuck you just said, man. You know what you this say? You know what you say after that, James? He really does. He brings them an apartment. You know what you say after that, James? You throw some papers down on the table and go, "You have 24 hours to consider my proposal." <laughs> it, it was. It was actually really fun. Visually, pretty stunning. You like, said it was like the, Superman. The animation's really cool. You said it like Superman. Are anybody's name mother's name Martha in it? No. Okay. All right. It's, it's like Superman in that literally at the beginning of this movie they tell the story of like Goku getting sent to Earth mm-hmm. and it's oh no there's a bad guy coming gonna blow up the oh, whole planet okay. and so we better put our baby in a little capsule and send him to a planet where he's going to be a lot stronger than everyone else and we know that so we know he'll be safe and maybe he'll learn to fight while he's there but at least he'll be alive and they send him in a little round capsule <laughs> to the earth it's Superman alright Warner Brothers did you get that <laughs> All right. Right. Good, good I think we can get the lawsuit going <laughs> actually actually, uh, this is a better Superman movie than most Superman <laughs> oh I'm sorry Warner Brothers, we're just going to have to cancel all projects and just stick with Shazam right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, you, no one should go see this piece of garbage. But if you like Dragon Ball Z stuff, then you get to see them fight. It's got so many fans. Like people, uh, the truck drivers that like that come to our work to donate, like to lo- offload the furniture from the routes. Yeah, they, they'll talk it up a storm. And like, and I'm just like, can we switch over to Star Trek at some point? Like, we'll talk about that. But like, yeah. I don't know anything about anime right now. Oh, Dragon Ball Z is super dumb. I'm still watching through Dragon Ball Z Kai. Mm-hmm. Real dumb. It's nice. fun though. Right on. There's a guy named Mr. Satan. There's a guy Sweet. named Mr. Satan. He's basically a wrestler. Is he a good guy? Uh, no, he's a wrestler, but he tricked everybody into thinking that he saved the world, mm. uh, even though he's actually really weak. Oh I, oh, I did that once. <laughs> he's got a daughter named Videl, See, which is just devil, but spelled wrong. See, I would make Mr. Satan the good guy because you expect Mr. Satan to be right. bad guy. You think so, yeah. Why don't we just make our own comic called Mr. Satan? Oh, oh and then because everybody thinks he's over the world, they name the city after him, so he lives in Satan City. Nice. Yeah. Saving Mr. Satan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's what I've watched. It's Emma movie. Thompson and that character, Mr. Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Zach? Um, not a whole lot. Um, I uh, did another fitness cinema session um it was supposed to be the movie he's just not that into you but the streaming player at vaza was down so instead i put on black dynamite on my phone and watched that uh it was 85 minute workout i got 4.2 miles out of it and burned about 830 calories um it black dynamite still fucking amazing i love the hell out of that movie um i i kind of wanted to rewatch it because i've been listening to a podcast that um talks about black exploitation films and just other like representation in Hollywood and th- listening to their black dynamite episodes. It's like, I want to rewatch this. And sure enough, yeah. still great. Like I'm, I love it when he goes into the, uh, the room full of the other, like, like the pimps and drug dealers around town. He's going like, I'm declaring a war on people selling drugs to the community, but black dynamite, I sell drugs to the community. <laughs> and then that great, like, I always thought the the whole, like, bad guy plot is one of the most, like, insanely genius bad guy plots for a movie comedy of all time. Yeah. But, like, the way they figure it out in that restaurant and in the process they come up with the idea for chicken and waffles is pretty because it's it's a small joke where the guy who ran the chili and donut shack just like hears the idea for chicken and waffles he goes that's it and he gets out and runs outside of the restaurant chili and donuts <laughs> um and uh uh and also like still that great line i threw that shit before i came into the room <laughs> oh, uh michael j white's yeah, to, he's great and, they, again. and i've i've felt this way since it came out and like it's definitely reaffirmed like it's one of the most intelligently shot independent films i've seen in recent years because it gets the look of what it's doing. Correct. Yeah. Like it's, it, that it looks straight up 
from grain quality to everything like it was shot in the nineteen in the mid nineteen seventies. Like it's pretty spectacular. The second one never came out, right? I didn't miss it. Outlaw Jenny Black, I think okay. aren't they doing like GoFundMe for it or something? Or? They did, yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe they're maybe they're making it right now. Who knows? No. Um, but yeah, no. It actually makes me want to watch the cartoon series again, which I used to watch yes. with Andrew Bueno oh when gosh, I was in college. I so, um, he, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so still a great movie. Love it. Cool. Um, I uh, watched. Um, I, I got a couple of Criterion's from work because someone donated them. I, I thank Crazy you, people. thank you, mysterious like loner angel from your apartment. Um, <laughs> Someone died. Yeah, <laughs> yes. If he died, then how did he bring it to me, James? Uh, <laughs> family. <laughs> oh, oh my God! I'm living in a twilight zone. Um, no, but so uh, he donated a bunch, and amongst the ones I watched this week were uh, Charlie Chaplin's The Kid. Uh, which I had not seen the restoration yeah. they had done before. Yeah, it's really good. Um, the restoration's pretty fucking great. Like, the, it's cleaned up beautifully. And that's, like, still probably, like, other than The Great Dictator, is probably one of my favorite Chaplin films. Oh, yeah. Um, well, and I guess Modern Times, too. Like, it's hard to pick a favorite, but, like, this one, it's only 53 minutes, very concise. The best moment in the film for me isn't, isn't a moment where Chaplin's on screen. It's actually when uh, the kid, played by Jackie Coogan, um, walks out uh side to uh just play outside and the mother who he doesn't know is his mother from years ago is like handing out toys to all the little kids and whatnot and it's this misconnection thing of like the pa- uh, of, from the of a mistake in the past mm-hmm. and i'm just like and the way it's shot it's like three key different shots being used to tell this small little story of regret mm-hmm. like without acknowledging that the regrets right in front of you or like there's a way to correct this like it's it's beautiful. Like it's it, it that yeah. makes me cry, just as much if not more than the moment when he's being taken off to the orphanage. But then Charlie Chaplin saves him and kicks guys in the. It's adorable. I love it. The Chaplin's amazing. <laughs> um, and there was actually a bonus feature on that Criterion about undercranking, which was pretty astounding to watch. Um, all the special features are great on it, man. Um, uh, the other Criterion I watched though was called King of Jazz, um, which is a fairly recent release from Criterion. So this is a film from the 1930s that was essentially basically between 1927 and 1932. Sound films were still kind of being developed or trying to learn like how do you tell the story with sound with the limited motion of the camera and just like actors adapting to that style. And so a lot of films were musical reviews and each studio did major ones that were like some of your best picture winners from a couple of years were just musical reviews where people were just doing dance routines, like a vaudeville session. Mm-hmm. This is Universal's, and this one tanked. But the essential like formation of it was Paul Whiteman, who was one of the biggest jazz um, uh, orchestra leaders of that period, uh, had a Universal deal, and this is the movie that came out of it. And amongst the people that were in Paul Whiteman's crew of people that would travel around the country doing shows was Bing Crosby. And this is his earliest film appearance. Now I get it. Um, but, uh, <laughs> well, I mean, like, Paul Whiteman's still amazing. But there's a, but the film itself actually starts off with um, uh, a cartoon by Walter Lance, who's the guy who essentially stole Oswald the Lucky Rabbit from Walt Disney. Um, and I was, like, it was showing Ra- Ryan before the show, the cartoon. Like, the 4K scan they did of this is pretty amazing. I mean, obviously, you're only seeing as much of it as the Blu-ray will allow you to see, but... Like, they cleaned up this thing a lot. Like, the cartoon looks brilliant, and the animation, like, hand-drawn animation, I think, can I can conclude, looks great, because you are seeing, like, you can see basically cell for cell yeah. in a way that DVD and even Blu-ray weren't able to show you. Um, 
and the rest of the film is pretty well constructed considering that it's been a pretty damaged print. Um, not everything's from the same source. There's scenes missing, so they fill it in with photographs and archive footage. Wow. So it's basically reconstructed. It's kind of like the one I have for It's a Mad, Mad, Mad World, except a little bit more, a little less uh, intrusive. Mm. Um, and also, like, but it's it's pretty amazing. Like, the production design of this is pretty amazing. Like, the only way to really make this visually interesting was to up the set decoration. And the guy who did it, John Murray Anderson, was a big theatrical director at the time. And some of this stuff looks, like, just insane and it's in two strip technicolor so it's basically red and green hues all throughout the thing and it like the only other color that really sticks out is brown because of the way that two color strip process works as opposed to three which captures all the primary colors hmm. so it's it's pretty astounding to watch it especially on that tv let alone like if, even if you were to get a smaller like um uh 1080p tv it'd still look amazing yeah. so um, so yeah, I mean, like if you're interested in like a history project, I'd check that out. The movie itself, it's a musical review. I had to pause it a couple times just to take a break because I'm just like, I, I get it, music. Every time Brain Crosby's on screen, I'm like, yes, I'm watching this. And then everything else, I'm like, oh, this is dated. Yeah. But mm -hmm. Paul Whiteman's pretty energetic considering he didn't want to act. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's all um, for uh, the Criterions. Uh, and then the last three things uh, or four things I've watched is um, I'm almost done with the Clint Eastwood series. So I'm wrapped up with all of his westerns that are not the essentials right now. So this week I saw The Outlaw Josie Wales, which I'd seen before, yeah. watched it again. Still pretty fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, Chief Dan George is one of the main reasons to watch that film, I think. I don't even think it's Clint's role. I think it's Chief Dan George's performance. Uh, but, the, but the story itself, directed by Clint, is a pretty interesting anti-war film um, that uh, yeah, like also that. has uh, Dean Wormer from Animal House playing a cow or a, um, a Confederate um, mercenary who then tries to portray Clint Eastwood, and huh. it's interesting because he never at one point says, "I'm going to expel that man at Wales House." Okay, it'd be amazing if he did. Um, the other one was Hang 'Em High, which is from the year after um, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, I believe, um, but or like two years after. But it's a uh, Clint Eastwood plays a guy who uh, is hanged at, hanged for the wrong reasons, and then they find out he's innocent, and then he's given They're like, well, and he's it, dead, but he's giving, <laughs> but so they, but they take him into town. They find out he shouldn't have been hanged because he didn't commit any crimes, but he wants to go after the people who tried to hang him. So basically, he wants to go after people who made an honest mistake. Yeah. Um, and the judge of the town, played by Pat Hingle or Batman's Pat Hingle. Uh, gives him carte blanche to go out and uh, retrieve those suckers. Um, it's it's okay. It's um, it's pretty long for the movie it's trying to do. Mm -hmm. There are interesting moments into in it, um, especially around the whole town. Barry gets very interested in uh, mass hangings, and so like it's kind of like an event for them. It's like going to the movies. Okay. So it's yeah. because it's the only entertainment you have in the old west. Uh, so yeah, it, it's pretty interesting uh, watching Pat Hingle. Like I just realized he's always been old like the, even from like then to batman like the fe facial features don't really change still got jowls and just looks like he's really scared that gotham city is going to be destroyed <laughs> so um but yeah um so yeah i could check that out and then the last one was pale rider um which pale rider is the one i think james would like a lot but i remember being most bored by pale rider i think but when did you see it Oh man, I was probably seventeen. Ooh. I was I was about sixteen when I saw it, and I was bored too. Watching it again, not my favorite, but I like 
it has a ghost. It's a ghost story feel in the same way of High Plains Drifter, except it's not as brutal. What did you do? <laughs> he turned down the monitor v- volume. Oh, at the same time that I was like fiddling because this the the plug here <laughs> it always gets worn out, and so I just I just turn it so that it's not always getting hit the same way. And then he oh. watched me turn it, and then he turned down, <laughs> and I, so I just lost sound. And I was like, okay, it's still recording just fine. <laughs> Um, yeah. But no, it's pale fine. Rider. No, uh, but yeah, Pale Rider is pretty interesting. It, like I said, it's got a ghost story type of vibe, um, like uh, High Plains Drifter, but not as yeah. brutal and much more towards a centric. Like it's it, it's a biblical allegory up the wazoo. Like yeah. that's oh, that's is. the movie. Yeah. Um, but Michael Moriarty is my favorite reason to want to rewatch it because I like watching Michael Moriarty act because I can't tell if he's trying or not. And it's pretty fucking incredible. It's the same every time I watch him in a Larry Cohen movie where I'm just like, you're doing something really interesting. What is it? (laughs) And in this one, it works pretty interestingly because like at the end, like Clint Eastwood shoots his bad guy, whatever. But the guy who's trying to run him out of town, Michael Moriarty shoots him. And it's almost like he's just like, Boom, you're dead. Like, it's, he just, it's like a flat delivery, but it's also like the calmest badass in the room. Yeah. So it's not bad, but is it good? Like, it, yeah. it's a Rorschach test for anybody, like, to w- watching it to see, like, is Mor- Michael Moriarty a good actor? I think he is, but it's strange. Um, and then the last thing is, um, been still going through Star Trek Next Generation. Um, you haven't been here since I've done this, I don't think, but um, I started rewatching it because the first time I watched it, I was either drunk or stoned in sure. college. So now I'm watching it with a clear no head. No way and, to know which. Uh, I finished. <laughs> I finished uh, season two, so Doctor Pulaski is gone. Um, oh yeah, oh, yeah, God. yeah, gone, oh. gone, and hopefully forgotten. She's in some good episodes, and I don't think Harsh. she's. Ter- so you still have you still have Yar though, so. The show's not no great. Tasha. Yar, no Tasha Yar is already gone. First season. First season. Oh, is she first season? Okay. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Because Denise yeah. Crosby left. Man, once you get rid of yeah, once yeah. you get rid of that and uh, Doctor, now, now uh, it's all it's all clear skies yeah. from here on out. Well, except I I thought so too, but I just realized you know there's still Ferengi around. Like the thing is no. like re, re rewatching it, I'm like okay Ferengi they're annoying, but like they could be great, and like and now I'm remembering like oh yeah I've never really liked the Ferengi. Yeah, Ferengi, <laughs> Ferengi probably take a little time. By the time you get to like DS Nine, then they are a predictable fun note. Yeah, um, see, that's probably where I prefer them. But like in season two, there's a great episode where they're doing like war games on a ship, yeah. and then like then they're telling this great story about like, you know, like arrogance versus like survival, and then all of a sudden the Ferengi show up out of nowhere, going like, "Why? Why are you shooting your own ship? Is it of value to you?" And I'm like, "No, go away! I don't want you here right now." <laughs> yeah, they're really supposed to be there. They're they're villains when they're like con artists and stuff. They're anyway. capitalists. Yeah. <laughs> At first season, they're like vicious, violent. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're interesting. Beings, and th- by DS9, they're basically Republicans. <laughs> <laughs> Is there a difference? <laughs> um, but uh, no. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm still enjoying it. Um, there's uh, there's a part of me that wants to like really crank out seasons three and four this week so I can rewatch First Contact and not feel like I'm cheating. <laughs> I really want to rewatch First Contact. You should rewatch Generation first. Uh, n- n- Generation's uh, great. I, it is a great movie. Yeah, I know. Malcolm McDowell tries to ruin space for everyone, and yeah. it's up to Kirk and Picard to stop him. Yeah, no, Generation's great. It's pretty awesome. But Generation's- yeah. No. The best odd-numbered Star Trek? Possibly. 
Well, I think three. search. I think search for Spock's pretty good. Star Trek three, yeah, yeah. Search for Spock is pretty good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and let's not forget number five is one of the greatest movies of all time. <sighs> number five. <laughs> Brad and I were literally just this week having a conversation about whether or not number five is actually the worst of the original series. I think um, it's unfairly maligned. Yeah, I don't think it's that bad. I can still watch it. If I can still watch it, then I don't think it's that bad. So does bad. that mean that Star Trek 1 is the worst of the original series? No, I can still rewatch Star Trek 1, but that doesn't mean I'm going to fall as- not going to fall asleep. Okay. Um, but does that mean that Star Trek 1 is the worst of the original series? Because if it's not Star Trek mm, 1, it's 5. If, if, mm, this is tough. Which is why it's 5. As a Star Trek fan, yes. As a cinema fan, no. Does God, that make sense? Fuck, no, fuck you. I know it doesn't provide any answers to you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's partially why I enjoy this answer. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I'm going to keep going with it. Also, just before I wrap up, season yeah. two finale, Riker uh, is incapacitated, and yeah. it basically turns into a clip show halfway through, and I, w- I started laughing my butt off when I was just like, oh, my God, it's a Star Trek clip show. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. amazing. Uh, so, yeah, that's all I watched this week. Cool. I like that Brad's like I, I mean Zach's like I didn't watch that much and it's literally like 13 things <laughs> <laughs> excuse me one two three four five six plus Star Trek seven things <laughs> five off um yeah <laughs> I can't count. I watch some things because uh, so I'm studying to get a promotion so I've been studying a lot and then I'll like to start watching a movie mm-hmm. um and so I was on Amazon Prime and I decided I was going to watch Fahrenheit 11 9 um and that's the Michael Moore movie and I realized that after um, I've seen a few of his. I'm really used to his tricks, and then I don't think he's <laughs> that good. Yes, um, because you know I really started getting wise to him around Fahrenheit 911. Um, that he brings to light some things, but then um, I I know his tricks when he tries to give his narrative to his documentaries. Um, in this one, it's talking about obviously. Donald Trump and his inauguration and leading up to it uh, and how people on the Democrat side made mistakes going there. And I mean, it's obvious, but he he started interviewing people about, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders was cheated out of stuff because of all this stuff, other things I'm like he still lost the vote in the Democratic like primary. So he wasn't going to win anyways. Yeah. But the way he, he uh, plays it out in the film It'll say like, well, Bernie Sanders won this after you're at. So you're at the delegate, you know, the DNC and everyone's like, ah, Hillary Clinton. They're just doing it to because she won. They're not doing it because they're trying to screw him out of anything. It's just like uh, in 2008 when Barack Obama won and they got to New York and Hillary Clinton decided she's like, uh, you know, oh, I'm going to move that we suspend the nominations and nominate Barack Obama. It's the same thing. And then he, do, I don't know, he just drives me crazy. And it was like two and a half hours long. I think he's an interesting op-ed filmmaker. Yeah. It, um, or like a, like, what do you call it? Like a, um, like a, not a satirist. Like it's, it's weird to describe what he is, but he's very good at editing. That's, that's basically how he gets his job done. In film school, you're taught like a proper documentary is something that sh- just shows all sides of the yeah. issue. Mm-hmm. And more clearly, like, he's no, really he good at the one side, but he's, he is. he's not... Uh, I, he doesn't pre- present a different perspective on anything. I don't even think it's that. My problem with him tends to be that I, I, I look at him like a angry guy yelling in a corner. <laughs> and at times he is more concerned about making you feel the way he feels yeah. than portraying things accurately. I agree. And that makes it 
d- dog shit documentary yeah. filmmaking. Ir- irresponsible um, for sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there are films of his I, mean, I really do enjoy, though. But, yeah, they're like, entertaining. But, I, but the yeah. recent ones I have not been as invested in. I was done with him at Bowling for Columbine. Me too. I watched it and said, this is dog shit. You fucked this up, and people who listened to you were wrong. Mm-hmm. And I said, if you're going to lie to me about something important, then I don't need to listen to your opinion. I have not um, seen it since high school. I liked it a lot in high school, so I'd have to rewatch it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'd check it out again. <laughs> right. That's yeah. a Criterion movie. Uh, it is. I know. His, is, well, his understanding of American history is inaccurate. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so that's my biggest problem with it is, um, you know, I, it was literally it was free on Prime, and after you just read like laws and stupid stuff constantly. You're just like, I'm just going to turn, put something on. Right. And it's, you know, I, and I, I was, <laughs> I'm going to put something engaging on like Michael Moore. And then you get like mad as you're watching. Cause here's the thing is, uh, I'm you know I was, the Avengers exists, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm not a huge, well, uh, you know, you have a very large, I don't know if this is well you, known. Right? Uh, I'm not a Donald Trump fan, sure, but <laughs> yeah, like, but at the same throw a rock, you won't hit one. Anymore. Yeah. But, but, but the thing is, is you can, you can tell a yeah. Your James and Brad said it, you don't tell two sides. It's, he's trying to be entertaining and he's saying it his way, yeah. and he's ignoring really big facts, and it really drives me crazy. But uh, but with a documentary, like documentaries are entertaining. I just finished watching uh, all of the Tom Hanks's "I Love the Seventies, Eighties, and Nineties. Mm-hmm. I know it's not called "I Love the," but basically <laughs> watching them, I made him really. I wished he would make remake all the "I Love the Nineties" mm-hmm. stuff. But anyway, like that stuff. <laughs> Like a good documentary is not entertaining because they made a fun joke. Yeah. A good documentary is entertaining because they showed you something important. Like they mm-hmm. they told you or reminded you of something important and that's what tends to be the entertaining thing. Yeah. Like he tries to do a song and dance while he gives you the medicine and you're like, No. Yeah. Just Go dig up the job as a documentary that you're doing is you go do all the research I don't have time to and give me a distilled version so that I can live better. Yeah, and he's really self-serving, too, because he's always the main character in his documentaries. Yes. Um, So it it just rubs me the wrong way. I couldn't pick Ken Burns out of a lineup. Yeah. Like, I have no Uh, idea what he looks like. Oh, I can. That means I'm a dork. (laughs) Uh, um, Yeah, so whatever. Uh, Me and my wife watched Boy Erased. Oh, Um, which is a really good movie. Um, it's uh, James talked about it on the film explosion. It's about a young man who comes out gay to his parents who happens to be a Baptist uh, pastor and his mom. And the, the story's told in a really interesting way where it kind of um, you start with him struggling and then he's, but he's already at the gay conversion um, seminar. I don't know what they call it. Camp. What do they yeah. call it? I don't. It's gay Jim conversion. Right. Yeah. Camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so. Torture prison. Yeah. So it starts there. And it's what I really liked about this movie is it really gets you invested in uh, the the son in it because he's uh, at the beginning. He's like, yeah, you know, I, I I'm struggling with um, who I'm raised to be and who I am. Yeah. And it's a really fascinating um oscillating story sort of your expectation for who you were you're supposed to be exactly yeah. and you know even uh, his mom nicole kidman's great in this movie yeah uh where it's so you know he tells his his dad after he tells him he doesn't want to play mortal Kombat, he shouldn't be playing mortal Kombat. yeah and uh you know the mom is heartbroken 
but she reacts in a different way than the dad does where the dad calls over you know other people to give him advice and his he immediately he he forms a team to try and fix it exactly instead of just listening to him and there's a great scene where he comes down and he's talking to him he's like do you want to change and the the pain on Nicole Kidman's face in that moment is amazing um it's a great little performance by her yeah. um and then as he gets further in and it's just it's it's sad it's it's sad and um i, I think the climax is it's in the trailer where he's saying you know you want me to hate my dad but i don't hate him and he's like i hate you you said and he just goes i'm like oh this is awesome and it's you know it's funny because you just said it a second ago but it's really more the villain in the movie is is everybody else's expectations on him right yeah because it's not just who does his dad expect him to be yeah it's also who do these other people expect him to be like they expect if you're having this this problem you have it for all these other reasons. You're like, yeah. No. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not going to kowtow to just because my dad doesn't understand me. I'm also not going to hate him for that. Like that's yeah. not who I am either. Yeah. You know, um, which I, I just, I found it compelling. Oh yeah. No, I, I think the, the scene with him leaving the, the conversion meeting is so amazing. Yeah. Um, and it's such a great performance. And what, what I liked about the film too is it, it, it's not, um, I, I don't know. It's not in your face, mm-hmm. but it puts you in, you know, in comfort, uh, uncomfortable situations and you're stuck there yeah. and it makes you, f- uh, no matter if you're religious or not, it puts you in a position where you're forced to sit here and struggle with this kid because at the beginning he's, you know, he's like, yep, you're right. You're right. This is, this is, um, who I struggle with. And as he's remembering his experiences, he he realizes that he's not the problem, yeah. you know. It's um, right. people telling him he's the problem, yeah. and you know. Then they even have that great scene with Russell Crowe at the end, Ugh. where they're in like the car dealership is awesome, yeah. and Russell Crowe's great in this movie too. He's not in it very much, no, but he's in it where he I think he's in it enough, he's and he's presence. he's a presence throughout yeah. the whole film. It, it you should definitely check it out. Um, I I I think it's five dollars to rent on Amazon. It's nothing. Um, I would want to get the Blu-ray. Yeah, I yeah I mean. I, it's just it's uh so good job james nice nice movie um yeah. so yeah i enjoyed that i, I made it <laughs> yeah uh he uh told me to watch it i watched uh, three Cary grant films i saw i watched the 30 day princess which is meh um it's from 1934 Cary grant plays a oh, plays please, a newspaper please. guy and this princess from some country is coming to town but she comes down with like measles or something or mumps and so she can't go out so they find a look-alike and she goes to all the um the engagements the princess was supposed to go to because they have a fifty million dollar loan riding on this. Oh, and um, does he fall in love with Padme? Uh, he does. <laughs> uh, so Cary Grant falls in love with the princess, but it's really not the princess; it's the actress playing the princess. Right. Um, you turned her against me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, he's not really in it that much. I mean, the movie's only like an hour and ten minutes, and he's maybe in it for twenty minutes. It, it's a, it's, a, it's from thirty four. It's pre coded. He yeah. wasn't a big star yet. Was it? But he's is, he's is second it, build, but he's not really in it. Yeah. He spend most of the time with with the princess, the princess, with the not princess. Yeah, and she's good. I mean, she plays two roles. She plays a princess and the the commoner. So it's really it's really more like a a, a princess diaries or something. Where yeah, it's like, I'm just regular, but I'm learning to be a princess. Yeah, it's it's a movie where it's like it's okay. It's it's like it's harmless, but yeah. it's it's not showcasing who he would later become. Right. Sure. And you can. In, after I watched this documentary about him, which you can find on Amazon, it's really great. It's um, 
icon or something. And it's interviews with all his co-stars and his wives. Mm-hmm. And it's a really great, it's like an old PBS one. I think it, came, it must have came out just after he died. Hmm. Um, but they talk about, this movie's actually in it, because um, I went back and watched the documentary again. And he, at that point, he was um, con- he was contractually obligated to appear in movies. And you could tell he's a little uncomfortable in it. And it was really when he got out of there and went to the awful truth where he improvised his comedic timing and all that stuff, he really became a great actor. Because at that point, it's about finding who you're comfortable with within that contract exactly. system. And then the studio says, okay, you're good yeah. at that. We'll put you in five more of these. Exactly. Yeah. And so when he got out of his contract from RKO or Columbia, I can't remember. Uh, um, Columbia, probably. Columbia, he... Uh, he didn't know what he's going to do. Then he got in the awful truth and he was great in it. And yeah. that just, I, I still think the awful truth might be my favorite Cary Grant movie. I don't know yet. Um, anyways, I, uh, third day princess. I watched uh, father goose, which is <laughs> actually a really great movie too. Yeah. Uh, father goose. He plays this professor who is, um, he turns into a goose. Well, so that's the joke in the, oh, now film. I'm a goose. Oh. Um, <laughs> is like a shaggy dog or something. No, he's has to stay on this Island because, for the British, uh, uh, the allies in the Pacific, he needs to keep a watch out for the Japanese movements in the Pacific. So they force him, they maroon him basically on this deserted island. And they give him a poster and it says, you call us on the radio whenever you see a boat, a Japanese plane, whatever, and you let us know where they're coming from, what direction. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't want to do it, so they force him to stay there by damaging his boat. And uh, one day he uh, goes out and he stumbles across this French teacher with all her seven students all these uh, young women, and so they're marooned on the island with him, and he has to, you know, take care of them, and he doesn't want to take care of them, and um, the teacher's a pain in his ass because she won't let him drink, and uh, it's a really, really funny movie. Uh, it's really well made. Uh, he only reason he did that movie because his daughter was born the year before. He was going to quit acting, mm-hmm. um, but they said he talked to Hitch Hitchcock, yeah. and he said. Because he wanted oh, not, it, not Will Smith, not Will Smith, um, <laughs> and uh, Hitchcock told him because he wanted a an Academy Award, and Cary Grant never won an Academy Award, and he was pissed that Sinatra won one, and Oosh. yeah, and uh, all these other people, and Hitch told him he's like, well, Cary, you have to play against type, and That's really good, and he, it's, so do the thing they wouldn't expect you to do exactly. So he said, um, you know, you always play this like lovable. Uh, hey, I'm Cary Grant kind of guy. And he said, you should play against type. So he read the script and he actually took him out of like 10 pages on the script. And he says, no, I'm just going to be this rough and drunk guy. And so it's a, not a Cary Grant role. Yeah. And he's really great in it. He didn't get nominated for it. And then he wasn't going to do another movie. And he only did one more. I think it was Walk, Don't Run, which I haven't seen. And then he retired to raise his kid. So it, cool. it, that's a Father Goose is something I'd see on TCM or like an AMC. Yeah. Very young. That's how I know about this one. But so, I have not watched it since. <laughs> so his code name is Mother Goose uh, when he radios in. And then he becomes Father Goose to all the little kids. And there's cute little things in it. So when the girls get marooned on the island, they're wearing his clothes. So like one of the girls has his pants on, but like holes cut out for her arms. So it's just a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, there's this great moment where... Uh, the teacher might have been bitten by a poisonous spider. And so he has to like comfort her and she might die. So she gets, uh, he gets her drunk and she it's, and they, it's a really funny little moment. Um, but it's also a war movie. So there's some action in it. Um, it's really well done. Uh, I should check it out. It's father goose. Um, and the last Cary Grant movie I watched is actually a really great movie. It's called Gunga Dean. Mm, um, okay. George Stevens, is George Stevens. And it's 
like uh, Temple of Doom um, from 1939. Cary Grant and a couple other guys are sergeants in the military uh, in India, and they have to fight a murder cult. And there's this, uh, I mean, you know, you, you, when you hear murder cult, and you hear 1939, you think it's going to be pretty like weak, but this movie's actually kind of has some horror elements to it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's another film where Cary Grant was actually supposed to be the romantic lead. And he said, no, I'd rather be this guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he's kind of the comic relief in it, but he's also, uh, so Gunga Dean is a uh, oh, sacred water bringer in India, I guess. Right. And he brings water to people. And so he goes with them uh, on this. So Gunga Dean is this guy, uh, this uh, Indian man who helps these three sergeants um, take on the murder cult. Right. And they even say Kalima. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I think Spielberg really did take oh. this from it. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Um, and there's a part where Cary Grant and uh, so Cary Grant's looking for treasure and he has he has a Cockney accent in this. It's awesome. And so. He takes Gunga Dean with him and they find this temple that has a gold on the top and they walk in and they realize they're in the murder cult and they're all hypnotized. And this one dude's it, it's pretty dark. Did they drink the blood? Uh, they don't drink blood. Are there monkey brains? No. Um, but, you know, I was Kate Capshaw in it. I've so seen the movie, but, uh, but I, I, I watched it, it and I'm like, yeah, you know, there, there's you, you get some people don't like because there's going to be um, some problems with the imperialism of the english empire oh yeah, yeah. with it's india a, it's a movie that today you would read as tone deaf but yeah we've got to take it for one but it, you know they, but they really yeah. uh, and it's it's based on a poem by kipling and it's uh it's a, they don't really portray the indian people as in bad <laughs> but they're being oppressed obviously by the british empire being there it's yeah. it's it's more to- it, it's the least i don't know it's it, again it's context but like it's still watchable. I'll oh yeah, no, it's fun. It's yeah. it reminds me of a 1940s serial where yeah. Yeah. it's an adventure movie. Um, the bad guys are just evil cult people, mm-hmm. and it's up to Cary Grant to save the world. I, and I I love the film. Um, not my favorite George Stevens film, but there uh, that five who came back thing on Netflix. Oh yeah, they talk a lot about it on George Stevens's end. He didn't want to make that film because. He, there was like kind of like some he felt awkward about making it as the rise of shit in Europe going mm-hmm. on and whatnot and like the eventuality of war like it's like there's something weird about it. like he was supposed to do like a more anti-war movie yeah. and then Gunga Din like it's not a war movie but there are battle there are battle moments in it yeah oh and yeah so I mean like, I'd say it's a war it's movie more gung ho than yeah anything it's... so it's interesting to hear like his thought process on it. Yeah, like he never trashed it but he was like. Would prefer not to make this. Would rather make this other thing. And surprisingly, I have it. I got it on one of those. Um, it's actually out of print. I got it I at gonna, Barnes and Noble. Ask, yeah. um, it's like a Cary Grant four film thing from Warner Brothers TCM. Is it yeah. Blu-ray or DVD? DVD. Okay. And that one's out of print too. And I think it's like fifty bucks on Amazon. Yeah. And it, that one has uh, Gunga Dean, Tokyo uh, Operation Tokyo, or whatever. Dawn Patrol. No. 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 Oh, it's, it's a different one. Yeah. So it's like Cary wow. Grant icon. Um, but it was at Barnes and Noble for like ten bucks. But it came comes with that Sylvia Scarlet, and I think arsenic and old lace. Oh. Um, but anyways, it's the DVD and it actually has a commentary, a making of, Cary oh. Grant movie trailers. Yeah, because this is when Warner Brothers like because it's part of their library. This is when Warner Brothers uh, like unloaded their library of back catalog. This is definitely a movie that needs to get the Criterion. Oh yeah, kind of. It's it's funny because I recently. 
you said it, and I haven't seen this in forever. And and I went and pulled it up on Amazon because I was like, oh, I should get the Blu-ray. And then I realized that within the last, like, I'd say four months, I've gone and looked for this on Blu-ray. Really? Like, I, I saw it and was like, oh, yeah, no, I already know there is no Blu-ray. Like, I, yeah, uh, I, I don't know even, what it was. that Even if Warner Archive would do it with the special features oh, they yeah. currently have. If they could just satisfied. remaster it. Because, yeah. I mean, it looks actually not too bad on DVD. There's some pops and scratches. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, I won't spoil the ending for you, but, the, I mean, the ending's really heroic, and yeah. uh, it's a great movie. I think it was because, you know, a couple of years ago I did that thing where I tried to just buy every Indiana Jones-style adventure yeah. movie. And so I think that I thought of that and was like, oh, I should go get Gunga Dean because it's, you know, fit, it fits as much as the high oh. road to China does. No, I think uh, this, I mean, watching this reminded me big time of Indiana yeah. Jones. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, I love when movies are like an hour and 58 minutes long and they just go by so fast. And this is one of those movies. Okay. Um, Absolutely. And uh, I watched just two other things. What, putty? Oh, okay. All right. Um, do we? Uh, he can go up to the bathroom. He, <laughs> he won't to. go by Let's himself. all go to the lobby. <laughs> See what I did there? Because literally the only other segment we have is the review. Yeah. No, Gunga Dean. <laughs> well, I guess we got news too, but no, Gunga Dean. Oh, yeah, we do have news. Uh, but Gunga Dean, you know, that's it's. I haven't watched it in so fucking long. Yeah. It's like one of those, like, when you get those collections of like the old Warner, like the ones on the shelf you see there, the gangster ones, like yeah, those yeah. are the ones I really love. Yeah. But the other stuff, like they have them at the library and like, oddly enough, they were in the best condition of anything in the library yeah, because <laughs> nobody was watching them. Right. So you'd like get them. But like, like the, the special features that they did, like Warner brothers used to do special features, the best other than criterion, in my opinion, yeah. like they got commentaries, trailer galleries, Leonard Malton did introductions to like every detail. Um, yeah. Which I mean, God, I love the. Um, there's a feature on some of them. You might have at least one or two of them if you own some old Bogart movies called "Night at the Movies," and so oh, it plays yeah. a trailer, a short subject, a, a newsreel, another trailer, a cartoon, and then the movie. So you'd basically get the movie house experience for when you'd pay a nickel and you'd get literally four hours worth of entertainment. Yeah, I don't know if I. <coughs> Only thing I can think is maybe my Maltese Falcon has that. Maltese Falcon. Ooh, I don't know. Actually, Maybe. it should have it, but if you have like, I mean, Casablanca doesn't have it because no. it's Casablanca. Yeah. Um, but if you like have, uh, actually, no, it should because I have I have the like ridiculous Boxetti version of Casablanca. Uh, like, and I don't think not like that one, right? No, it's the one from before that. <gasps> oh, the oh the that had the paper cut out. Yeah, like the, the one that was like really yeah. like expensive it came, looking it came with a passport cover and a. And a luggage tag, and it's yeah. So uh, um, fun, not fun, sad story, really, because I'm because I'm a loser. But um, I had a ver the the two disc, the slim two disc version as a kid because my grandfather and I loved that movie, um, and I got it and I would devour those features. Yeah. And then that new version came out, and I heard there was an extra documentary about Jack Warner in it, mm -hmm. so I wanted it. So I told my, I so I gave my dad the money it would cost. Plus ten dollars, so he'd give me a ride to Costco to get it because that uh, was just before I was allowed to drive. Sure. Yeah, so yeah. I had to go to Costco to get it affordably, and then I got it home and I awesome. opened it too fast, and that paper cutout thing tore no. at one at one little section, so it wasn't a bunch. Oh. Uh, but I had the passport forever, and I think in the midst of my, you know, stooping around for four years being an asshole, I think I sold it off to have extra money. Sure. So, but yeah. now I've got that one, and it's super nice, and it's got oh, coast. Yeah. It's got a coaster set. That's a good one. Yeah, it's got a coaster um, set. So now, if I have guests, I can pull up my Casablanca coaster set. <laughs> yeah, I mean the the reason I uh, 
bizarrely enough, the reason I wanted it and the coolest thing about it is actually that paper cut. Yeah. Like, the the box itself is what's so cool. I mean, it's one of those ones that I, like, I'll sit on top of the Blu-ray shelves as, like, a display box. Yeah. Because they're so beautiful. I want more boxes um, like those ones, though. Yeah. Um, to, to line it. Like, there's a Nutty Professor one that I really want. Oh, really? But it is very hard to find, and the last place I found it was Second Spin. Yeah. And I should have gotten it before that sale, before they closed. That yeah. was like a big regret. The problem with those is they're so large. Yeah, yeah but they, they, but they look of... neat, and I they like do. them. Yeah. And I, I like my Star Trek one. The, the next one I'm probably yeah. going to get is the Futurama, the complete series. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I've, I got, don't... I've got one like that for Buffy, right. um, where inside it's, it's the right. DVD cases. Mm-hmm. But so until Brandy next week. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, and then the last two things I watched, I watched The Girl in the Spider's Web. Oh, um, is it good? That's uh, all right. All right. I um, almost watched it last night. but Yeah, I, I found it at Redbox, so it was $1.78, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's all right. Is I, it fun? No. Okay. Um, yep, it's there. <laughs> uh, I really like the director. Um, oh, okay. He, he uh, Fidi Alvarez. So he oh, did oh, yeah, yeah, Evil yeah. Dead and uh, Don't Breathe. Man, um, why? When I reviewed it, I couldn't remember what, what movie I watched recently that it felt like. Yeah. And then I realized it's The Predator. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Yeah, the, so, it's, so it's palatable but disjointed until the end when it becomes unwatchable. Uh, well, the problem is, is it's such a paint by the numbers thriller that there's oh. nothing really that shocking in it. And where uh, the girl with the dragon tattoo, I really love. Yeah. And um, this just doesn't have the same feel. Uh, it's more, of, like I said, paint by the numbers. It's she's a hacker. But that, she's that helping could be people. fine if there was a really great motorcycle chase scene. Yeah. Or just some really cool moments or some good conversation scenes where she's yeah. like, you know, traps a guy in a conversation that you know is the bad guy, whatever. You yeah, know. and it's like, and the the trailers really spoiled the movie. Um, oh. they, they they paint it. I mean, I think most of the trailer is the last twenty minutes of the movie. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those where, like, you know, if it were a serious version of a simple favor, I would come out of it and be like, all right. Yeah, but it's not. Okay. It's it's not horrible. It's just there. Okay. Um, if it's streaming, I would stream it. Okay. Um, so I'll just watch a simple favor again. Yeah, I'd watch a simple <laughs> favor again. Right. Uh, and the last thing I watched this uh, week is The Black Klansman. Um, oh, cool. Which uh, was Zach's favorite film from 2018. Yep. Um, <laughs> so the performances are really good in this movie. Um, Adam Driver, uh, John David Washington are great in this movie. Mm. Um, it has a problem I have with every Spike Lee film. Where it hates you? Where it's... Eh, I feel like it's less intense in this one than no, any no. I, th- I, th- I think I think you're. There's literally a part where they have, have a, watched all his films. <laughs> I have watched most of his films. Um, there's a part where um, Corey Hawkins plays um, a black, a former Black Panther who comes to Colorado Springs, and that's the first undercover job that uh, that uh, uh, Ron Stallworth Ron Stallworth went to. Yeah, and he's talking about um, what it means to be a, a Black American. And there's, um, there's a, so it shows faces of African Americans in the audience against a black backdrop. So there'll be one person right in the center and then it'll be another person that pops, fades in next to him and another person fades up and they're all looking at him that he's the most amazing person ever. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, is he really going to be this heavy handed with this again? And 
You know what I would say? Like, if he had a bigger budget, he'd probably be just doing sweeping shots and maybe more inserts. But, like, the budget on this is really low. So maybe mm. that – and also it gives him a creative license to do something interesting. He's always been, like, visually but again, different. That's fine. But, but he's yeah. also always on the nose. I know. But, and that's my problem with this movie is, again, like, the aesthetic is really cool. Um, you know, and I – sometimes it plays it as a really broad comedy – and then, uh, I mean, the, the, the scenes where he's talking to David Duke on the phone are amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, you know, it's so the the lady of the, uh, the president of the Black Caucus at Colorado College leaves and she gets pulled over by the cops. And all the cops are like yelling at her and filling her up. I'm like, oh, my God, it's just so on the nose that. Um, and if you look in the background, the other white cops are like have their guns pointed at the black guys and it just drives me crazy. But at the same time, he's also making like a pro cop movie because uh, John David Washington is, you know, he he wants to be a cop for the right reasons. And, and then he. <laughs> I like how the end. I mean, I don't know how you read the end, like the, just before the last shot um, where they're talking in the room where it's like it's a woman who doesn't trust the cops versus a person who's trying to convince you like not all cops are bad. Like, it's yeah. a very interesting. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and, and that's. And that's their basic. And, like, and there's a great or... shot of them walking up a bridge while they're talking on a date. I mean, there's some cool things in this. Oh yeah, but, Captain Superfly. <laughs> yeah, but he, but here's the thing too. I so I don't have a problem with films that are loosey goosey with historical facts at all. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but this film features a bombing of a white supremacist against um, this young lady that never happened. Right. And the the so. There's a scene where this lady who's the wife of one of the KKK members uh, plants a bomb on the car of this lady that Ron is dating. And so he figures this out. He rushes there. The car blows up and he tackles the lady who's this white supremacist. Mm. So then all of a sudden these two white cops show up and start beating the shit out of this black cop for no reason. And then Adam Driver's white cop shows up. is like, hey, knock it off. He's a cop. Like, oh, okay. You know what? Like, I, so the, I guess my problem is, is it's so on the nose of the racism, but then, and you're you're trying to tell a story. But he, he undermines, the but he undermines the story by adding an element that never happened into telling a story of racism. I have to, yeah. I have to recheck the like the interviews I've been listening to recently, but I know, like, I mean, they he had addre- he addressed it, and he did. He said he he added it for dramatic effect. I yeah. I read an interview with Which him. I'm not against because the way the tone of the story the the story that they were wanting to tell and the writers that were doing it prior to him coming on board, like it makes sense. It'd be interesting to see if he had done it as if the uh, the memoir was adapted straightforward but i think you'd also lose a lot well, of what makes the film interesting so like it's 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 weird i don't know like i mean i love the film a lot and the way it's constructed and the way it tells the thing it's things it tells but i don't begrudge anybody like feeling they, that way they feel about it because it it does play loose and goose with facts that yeah and that's fine i don't mind the dramatic stuff yeah. but when you're here's i guess my issue is you're trying to tell a racist story and then you just trying to make it more so when you don't need to, when you already have the KKK and horrible people in it. And then you're going to, you know, you're going to end the film with a a cut to into Charlottesville, which is fine because I think it it speaks, it's just showing a continuous 
thread here. Yeah. Um, but that's that, that is my only issue. Like I said, the performances are great. I think it's shot really well. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just some parts, and I was like, man, this is why I, I, Spike Lee irritates me as a director, mm-hmm. is he just can't tell the story. He has to add something to it. Yeah. Something to it that is not necessary because we already you have the story already mm-hmm. you know because the real story is is uh it the most of it's true like the first i think maybe half of the film is pretty accurate mm-hmm. and then it just decides no i'm gonna go this way because he ended up exposing you know people in norad and in the army that were uh racist and he should you shouldn't you should have no part in working for the government when you're right. like that yeah um, and that part i think is important to tell and I don't mind that his phone conversation at the end with David Duke was made up because that phone was awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's, that's the kind of stuff, the kind of changes that you expect from a, like, exactly. Like if you look at a movie like Hidden Figures, like those women didn't drive in the same car to work every day. Yeah. And they didn't, nor, but, nor but at did the same Kevin. Time, <laughs> it's a way to take reality and structure it, like, exactly. it into a film. Um, also, I'm pretty sure you know, Kevin Costner didn't defeat racism with a crowbar. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Which we all but joke about, but when like you're trying to hit those beats, you've got to find something to you know. And that's and that's but, my thing with Spike Lee. My favorite Spike Lee movie is Inside Man, because he's a good filmmaker. He, oh yeah, he doesn't have to do this. Yeah. And I understand he's trying to tell a story, but for right. me, it just distracts from it. I would I would say though, like out of out of any of the films you could have watched of his, and I'm glad you watched it because like I, I I thought you would appreciate it at the very least. And I'm glad you did uh, on the things you spoke of was is that it's the it's if he didn't make that movie, I don't think anybody else would have done it or done it as interestingly or worthy of discussion. Yeah, it yeah. might have been a Dave Chappelle sketch had it not been. You know, well, it, it, it plays as it sometimes because, uh, you know, sometimes, Washington, Washington but... plays it. So I don't I don't know the right word for him in it, but he plays it. He doesn't always play it straight, hmm. um, but he does. It's a really interesting uh duality has in his role there's a confidence about him. yeah that's, um, that's what i would describe it and as. It, like i think people should see this movie mm-hmm. um it's i i don't i don't think it's a great movie mm. and i think spike lee gets in the way of it but he's such a con- he is a good filmmaker mm. he can do it i i just the loosey-goosey stuff where you're trying i just think it undermines the racism part when you're just trying to add to it when you yeah. don't need it i mean right. you already have because the everything there right if if you if you didn't try to to pump it up it forces you to actually tell the story in a more intimate exactly way that actually ends up being more because here's the thing the lucy goosey historical fact that i loved was um that he was uh i mean he i don't i don't have to double check he might have actually been david duke's like personal security but there's a part in it where he's like, can you get a picture with me? Because no one will believe that I was your security. <laughs> so the guy, uh, Adam Driver's character, takes a Polaroid and he puts his hands around him really fast. When they take the picture and they're like, you motherfucker. It's really funny. Um, um, that part's great. I, yeah. I, I love at the final phone call after he like, and then he hangs up the phone and Topher Grace like is alone in his office <laughs> yeah. in the, at, uh, at the clan headquarters. And it's almost like I expect it to cut to a, that 70s show montage. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like it's like. Again, his performance is chilling because it's just – it's basically taking that oh, Eric yeah. Foreman vibe and then what if that kid grows up wrong? <laughs> um, but it's – it's it's I, I love the film still. Like I actually rewatched it not too long before loaning it to you and um, actually – did you watch the 4K disc? Yeah. It looks great. In 4K, oh, no. Man. it's, like, it's I, it, The film looks great. It's yeah. shot well. It's well-directed. It's well-paced. Yeah. Um, My only like, – He just it, undermines himself in it. It makes me mad. Yeah. I mean like – 
I wouldn't have been opposed to it being a longer film to fill in some intimate details on stuff, but like, I like the film enough to where it is that's like it doesn't inter- get, in, get in the way from because there again. there's great moments when he's like on dates with uh, I forget her name Laura Harrier yeah she's wonderful in that they're film. they're awesome yeah where they're having philosophical conversations where she's telling him that you know you should be uh, fighting with us and he's telling her he says not everybody's bad yeah and it, it, uh, those are conversations I like and I think those are more realistic mm-hmm. but then Spike Lee is has to be in it. Well, I'm glad uh, you liked it. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part, <laughs> that makes you. Really I, think you sh- I think you should see it. Um, yeah, I'll still check it out. Yeah. Um, like I said, the yeah, it's just the Spike Leeness of it gets me. I wish yeah. there was a commentary on it. He used to do commentaries, and I just think because of the budget stuff of things like that, nah, not everybody can do a commentary. I don't know if he needs a commentary for that one. I think his voice is heard pretty loud and clear throughout. I, it. I meant more just from the technical standpoint. Because oh yeah, maybe technical. Does, there's some stuff he does technically on that film, like the music. Terrence Blanchard's score, like oh yeah, that that's great. my favorite score from last year. If he, if Terrence Blanchard can win an Oscar somehow, that'd be an amazing accomplishment for him. And I would love, obviously, Spike to win one, but like Terrence Blanchard really should have won one years ago. And, you know, there's great moments <laughs> where the the one racist cop gets it. I love it when they're all at oh, like, yeah, yeah. like the restaurant <laughs> yeah, or the bar, the bar or whatever. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a it's a fun film to discuss. And you know his interview becoming a police officer is really funny. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> yeah. This is the guy Shit. from The Wire, right? <laughs> yeah. Asking um, if uh, what would he do with uh, if another officer called him the N word, and he said, "Is that going to happen, sir?" And, and the black officer goes, "Shit." <laughs> the guy in the interview. It's funny. Um, but cool, right on. Yeah. So yeah, check it out. Cool. Make, form your own opinions about it. Mm-hmm. I just can't get over Spike Lee. I don't think I ever can. I just can't. I just can't do it. The I like question, Inside the Man. The question is, can Spike Lee get over Spike Lee? Yeah, it's a good question. Because so. he can he can make movies. I, I know he's talented. Yeah. I know he is. I wonder what he'll do with his next film now that this is like this is his first Best Picture nominee yeah. in his career. Um, and here's the thing. is I think he deserves to have his voice heard. I think he has a great voice. Yeah. Um, just I wish he wasn't so on the nose. Yeah. Well, we'll see what he does next. Yeah. All right. Uh, movie news. It's real news. Brad was so bored he left. Yeah. <laughs> and we keep on trucking. Yeah. Uh, Albert Finney died this week uh-huh. at 82. Um, Wait, I died? I died. Uh, I was drying out. So this is... Uh, I was just going to say, this is not the week to watch Big Fish. No, this is the perfect week to watch Big Fish. Get all the emotions out of your system. Oh, man. Uh, uh, this made me sad. Not, not my favorite. Uh, oh, it's Harku, mine. Harku Poirot, <laughs> but he's yeah. a good one. Oh, oh, oh. His, I thought you were going to say Big his, Fish is his favorite performance. Oh, no. No. Her, no. Yeah, of course. Big Fish is... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Hercule Poirot, no. He's great in that one... Um, it's the one Agatha Christie liked the most. I don't really care about Agatha oh, yeah. Christie's opinion, but oh, no, no. I, I, <laughs> that that um, that Orient Express is a, is a fantastic. Yeah, um, but uh, he plays him more like an asshole than uh, David Suchet does. Yeah, uh, or even Kenneth Branagh. Kenneth Branagh added some asshole in there, but there I think was it, some, but there it was some dickish. But it's like Sherlock Holmesian assholeish. Sure. So it's not quite assholeish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no Finney. Yeah. I mean, like Finney's also amazing. Danny, Daddy Warbucks in Annie, um, sure. Uh, Leo O'Bannon in Miller's Crossing. He, I will tell you, Albert Finney, great in Big Fish. I love him. It's, Big Fish is one of my most amazing, favorite performances of all time. Is from him. Yeah. But Miller's Crossing, when he 
gets attacked at his house and he unloads that Tommy gun and yeah. just flies to the fucking window, lands awesome. in the driveway, and is just going all to Danny boy. It's it's pretty astounding, guys. I don't know if you've heard of the Coen brothers. They're really great filmmakers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. I think they're going to go somewhere. I think so, too. I, I think they're going to make a movie that I'll love called Hail Caesar. Um, but no, um, also, um, I haven't seen Aaron Brockovich in a while, but I remember liking him in that a lot. Oh, shoot. I just closed the article, and I meant to read before this. Uh, uh, what did he pass away from? Mis- I just think he was uh, short illness. Old. Short yeah. Okay. Illness. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> old. I mean, I f- when it's <laughs> from old. He <laughs> contracted old. He was drying out. <laughs> 80, 82 is the new 78. So yeah, that's a good run. I was like, it's young enough. No, it's really good. If it's, you young, th- it's young enough, it could have been like, well, heart if, attack. If there's one thing you, you could know, say about... Reason. If there's one thing you could say about Alba Finney is that he wasn't going to tell you how he's going to die. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Your dad is going to die. I'll tell you, I'm mad as hell, and I'm not going to take it anymore. <laughs> That's Peter Finch. <laughs> <laughs> That's the wrong actor, wrong movie. <laughs> there we go, though. Uh, Everybody's uh, just respectful. <laughs> you know what's not dead, though, is The Simpsons. Uh, despite being purchased by Disney, Disney was like, uh, I was telling Brad the if, other day, I was like, Disney probably knew if they canceled The Simpsons, everything was going to go poorly. So they were like, even if that thing's not making any money, we have to keep The Simpsons alive. They have Do a you, theme park they got to like, supplement. There's an article. Oh, that's true. Oh, my God. Simpsons World. <laughs> there's a there's an article. I think it's on it, our Hollywood Reporter, but it explains that getting rid of The Simpsons or, or monetizing it isn't as easy because all the syndication deals from when it was first put out on the air because Fox was such an up-and-coming network, mm-hmm. all those deals are sketchy, archaic, and like twisty as all heck. Sure. Because so, they're basically they were selling to, I, uh, to isolated markets. It's such yeah. a weird, interesting story. Yeah. Um, but I don't... Two th- more seasons. Th- they, th- you know what? They should do it for two more seasons and then consider closing it out. Because because at, at this at this point I've heard that it doesn't even make them a money, any money at all. Like no. so, Meh. I mean it's it'd be mar- I mean, merchandise. Kind of like it's like over there and it's, um, it's just, and no I, one no one is paying attention. I love The Simpsons and I will oh, yeah. I will easily watch the rest of the episodes I haven't seen eventually. But like I, but they're they're I mean if they're. If the only thing they're making money off of is merchandising, I don't see the point of keeping it around. Well, yeah. it's a brand. It's for all we know, Disney's going to go the other way and be like, "How about another movie? We're going to figure out how to make this shit good again." Spider Pig Two. I'm down. Uh, yeah, it could happen. Uh, would that be on Ryan's uh, top ten list for the year, <laughs> specifically because of the involvement of a a Spider Man esque character? I could, I could make a movie called Ryan. There's a spider, and he put it on his top ten list because it has spider in Possibly. it. <laughs> Maybe um, there's probably a seventy percent. Tobey Maguire's in it. He, he plays just you. watched a uh, girl in the spider's web. And that didn't do anything for him. That's oh, true. That's true. Oh. That is true. Um, David Fincher's wow. This sentence is weird. David Fincher's World War Z two is not going to happen anymore. What? I love every word of <laughs> that sentence. Like, not surprising at all. No, it's amazing. Um, it's wonderful. Let him go do something else. I was a little sad. I told Brad the other day. I was like, I'm a little sad because I wanted to know what the title treatment was going to look like to differentiate the Z from the two. Um, that's all I cared about. Well, um, you know, probably because the budget would have been like a billion dollars because he does hundreds of takes, and you can't do that on right. yeah, yeah. How do you, how effects-driven takes, movies. How many takes can a CG zombie do? Yeah. Um, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're making a sequel to the Jumanji movie. They're bringing mm-hmm. back all of the kids. Uh, Jumanji, which is interesting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I guess they have to, right? Because if they're because they're going to bring back the Rock and all those characters. Yeah. So yeah. like that'd be the avatars. So. I heard yeah. Danny DeVito's part of it too now. Sure. Mm-hmm. Great. Like I really want to see it, even though I know that whatever excuse they come up for the story is going to be stupid, and make me angry. But like the last one was so much fun. Who cares? Did you see the trailer for Hobbs and Shaw? It looks awesome. Speaking of trailers <laughs> for things, we got a lot of trailers this week because the Super Bowl happened, um, and. Uh, it was like the only time we had a couple of friends over for the Super Bowl, and you know, of course, no one was watching it because it was super boring. Um, it's no, awful. no pun intended. And uh, and so people were just talking. We were all just talking through the whole thing, and then like I would just rudely interrupt everybody and be like, "Shh, shh, shh, Captain Marvel's on the TV." <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> Why did you say that? But yeah, <laughs> the Hobbs and Shaw trailer is amazing. Yeah, it looks so stupid. stupid. Like, it's everything I wanted. He's got superheroes in it now. No, a super villain who can't be hurt. I, and he's bulletproof. Who who makes everyone aware I'm the bad guy. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Because it's him, like they're gonna end up making him a good guy later too, right? Yeah. Like, well, because the the Shaw character is the funniest arc of any character oh in a long time. Because was he, he literally killed one of the most popular characters yeah, in the franchise? Was he number five? Right, is where he walks up and shoots. No, the uh, six. Is it six where he walks he's up and six. shoots the dude his at the end? Brother's the villain in six. That's right. Right, five is the um, is the best one. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. The safe chase at the end. And then six is the one where his brother's the villain, and it ends with him killing Han. That's right. And then seven is after Tokyo Drift. Yeah, because he gets out of uh, he gets out of prison, and he's like a super bad guy. Right. But in eight, he saves a baby on an airplane. Right. Tune in next week on yeah. As the Wheel Turns. <laughs> There's actually a really <laughs> funny bit in the trailer too. I mean, obviously they didn't show it on the Super Bowl one, but where he's like, sw- the rock is swinging in, and he's like. Fuck you. <laughs> and Statham's flipping up. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's fine. Oh, he is okay. Yeah, as long as you don't care him jumping on your bed. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, it's no, it looks amazing. Bat shit crazy. I mean, stupid, but amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Totally. S- scary stories to tell in the dark, like the little yeah. snippets. Oh, they made it look like the book. Yeah. Toys are a little weird. So I never read those as a kid because I was afraid of E.T. Um, I can let you borrow them. But, uh, yeah. Toy, Toy Story Four. I, I love. I love Key and Peele getting angry at Buzz Lightyear for taking their spot. Yeah. To infinity and fun. my foot. <laughs> I'm so confused. That little girl just dump those toys to a I, carnival. I hope that that's not, that better not be the story. If they fuck up the end of three for me, I'm gonna be so pissed. I know, I'm worried. Nah, I think I think the trailers are showing are just introducing characters. Yeah, because they don't seem. It seems like they're going on an adventure to a carnival. Yeah. It's, like, it's okay, James. If you don't like it, you can just petition the internet to remake it. <laughs> wow. Well, That's well how the world works well now. Done. Yeah, it is, actually. Yeah. We're going to undo this. Because that's not my Bonnie. My Bonnie wouldn't get rid of those toys. Uh, uh, I'll, I'll read you the, uh, the, the synopsis. synopsis. Great. When a new toy called Forky joins Woody and the gang, a road trip alongside old and new friends reveals how big the world can be for a toy. See, because I believe in a Bonnie who's so loving and wonderful and smart that she could create a toy like like Forky. But 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 how would she know to use? Because I Save love her. I love Forky. I mean, if you go on the IMDb page, they I mean Keanu Reeves is in it, but they don't even tell you what his character is. Patricia Arquette oh, yeah. doesn't have a character name, so they don't. Do they know who plays Forky? Because uh, oh, Tony the Hale. teaser trailer. Tony oh, okay. Hale. Okay. 
The teaser trailer with Forky is amazing. I don't belong here. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, the plot they've released is so vague. Yeah. It sounds like a road trip movie. They're just going to go on a trip together. So, well, that's great. Uh, And then we got the Avengers Endgame trailer. Yeah. Which was pretty good. Or yeah, teaser, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, all of the, all of them were like. 40 I saw minutes, them walking in silhouette. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. They got it. They got a fight. It's pretty great. Shadow walking. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. And apparently, this movie's gonna be three hours, which is wonderful. Yep. Yeah, yep. Gonna see every second of it. <laughs> I know. Yep. I'd watch if it was four hours. <laughs> right. Like I think I, I don't need a bathroom break. <laughs> to be clear, it's I'll pee actually, in the seat. I don't care. <laughs> it's actually like five and a half hours long, and we're all sit, still sitting in the intermission. There you go. Sweet. Um, so anyway, uh, there was some discussion this week about ABC saying they want to remake Lost. I'm just going to say that's a dumb idea. Moving on, was it? Can we just flash down? forward? Right. Uh, oh, that'd be a sequel series. Yeah, a sequel is different than a reboot. Yeah, I'm sorry. My Rebooting bad. Lost is a dumb idea. <laughs> How about you should you should just go pay somebody else with a crazy idea to make their own crazy idea for I'll, a show. I'll go find... Hey, look, they greenlit uh, a Y this week, ah. so we're going to get a, a, a Y series. Sweet. This film, um, this thing's been in development for a long-ass time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so next year, uh, FX is getting the first season of Y. Sweet. Uh, based on Y the Last Man. Um which hopefully will be great. Yeah. There's a picture here of some dark stuff and a dude in a jacket trying to hide his maleness. I do love things in jackets. <laughs> um, Chris Pratt confirmed that they're going to use James Gunn's old script, which cool. just makes the whole thing more confusing. Doesn't matter. No one's ever going to make that movie. So anyway, uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Oh, did you see? watch this trailer for Child's Play? Yeah. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay. It's, it seems like there's going to be an army of Chuckies in it, Ooh. if I got that right. And it's not going to be any more voodoo. It doesn't appear no to be one, a voodoo. No one voodoo stuff. It's uh, an AI system. Yeah, that that's, it's, that's how it should be. Yeah, it, it makes I sense. I want evil Teddy Rocks. Make, makes sense. It, it, it's interesting that they also didn't have t- Chucky talk in the trailer. Oh. I think it's because um, uh, I think that's going to be a big like a revealing moment. Yeah, yeah. that like and he's just going to be murdering don't, people ruthlessly and not. No, I think they don't the want to piss people of, more off because oh. people are pissed that they're making child's play when the Chucky series is still going with the original people. And so and that Don Mancini isn't involved. Yeah, Don Mancini and Brad Dorf aren't involved. And so you don't have. Wait, yeah, wait, people are. I'm Oh wait, you forget so that people, there's horror fans. I do. So people are pissed. That they're getting enough because this isn't a this is a reboot of the Chucky series. Yeah, but Chucky, like whoever is making Chucky movies, doesn't own the Child's Play name, right? Exactly. He owns so, Chucky. He doesn't own so Child's Play. So this is like Play. the Friday the Thirteenth thing. Exactly. And so they're making a Chucky movie, but they're not calling it Chucky. They're calling it Child's Play. They're calling it Child's Play, which is the original name of the movie. <laughs> it's Orion Whoa. and MGM are exercising their rights to use that title and, I guess, and the concept from that first and movie. And talent to yeah. make something that looks good. No. Well, <laughs> no fans, talent, talent is relative, sir. But all the <laughs> those, those Child's Play movies are fun. But all the fans are really pissed because they've had nine garbage films <laughs> and they're really oh, wow. frustrated oh. that they're not going to get to make a tenth. Uh, okay, one is seven. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so like two of them are good, right, Ryan? Like uh, the, 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 the first not, one's great. Not Seed of Chucky, but the one after Seed of Chucky. I like Cult of Chucky and um, Curse, of Chucky. Curse of Chucky. I like Bride of Chucky okay. and 
I think Cena Chucky's hilarious. It's not great, but it's hilarious. Um, I think the the uproar comes too because Don Mancini, who's been with it since the beginning, he's the voice. He's the voice behind. No, he uh, he's the voice behind. Like I can't believe you're doing this. Because he's making a Chucky TV series, yeah. The voice of the he's, resistance. He's not, he's the voice of the resistance. <laughs> okay, he's like a he's one of the original creators. Or he's he's a per, the creator. He's the creator. Oh, okay, yeah. oh, and okay. I think what's well, I mean, I understand Mancini's position because in the world where we're supposed to be quote unquote adhering to like respecting the franchises and stuff like that, this does seem like a big old fuck you. Wait, what yeah. world is that? Well, <laughs> okay. In the respect that, like, studios are much more open to doing fan consideration than they ever were back sure. in the day. In this case, it is Orion and MGM saying, we don't care. We just want this property because Orion's trying to build itself up again. This is why they're doing it. Sure. If they have access to that property, they're good. But they have good it. talent. Aubrey Plaza's I mean, yeah, in I'm not, I'm, I want to see yeah. it. I want to see what they do with it. It looks like they're throwing money at a movie to try and make something interesting <laughs> instead of just, like, no, you I know, agree. making a sequel to the one <laughs> that they've, like... Beat so much to death. My frustration is without Brad Dorff, it's gonna be really. That's what I mean. Me. I think that's why so Chucky Brad doesn't. Brad Dorff is the voice. Yeah. Okay. I think that's why he doesn't speak in the trailer. But Brad Dorff hasn't been in the last couple ones. Right? Oh no, he's been in a different Chucky. No, he's been in them so much that he got his daughter involved in them. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. So, but does Brad Dorff do the voice of young Chucky? Like the seed of the <laughs> kid, the kid, ch- kid. Chucky, no, it's Chucky's that's. Kid? No, that's um. Oh, uh, Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd. Billy Boyd from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Oh wow. You wouldn't recognize his voice. Because he sounds really American. Because he keeps going, ah, mm. and stabbing people. No, he starts singing, the road is behind. Or this last goodbye. Anyway, anyway that's news. Cool. This week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw the second part to the Lego movie story. Yeah. James, should people see the Lego movie part two? Uh, so I went in this movie trying to keep my expectations as low as I could because, like, I never actually saw the Ninjago movie. Lego Movie 1 was my movie of the year, the year it came out. Um, The Batman Lego Movie was fun and funny, and I had a good time with it. Um, And, you know, Lego Movie movie 2 had some rockiness to it uh, in production, and so I was like, well, all right, I'm just going to hope it's... The bar is Batman Lego Movie. Like, just (laughs) give me a fun thing. This movie is amazing, and everyone should go see it. And I, I think it might be better than the first. Hmm. Uh, I don't think it's as funny, but I think it might be smarter and more heartfelt. So okay. I really love it. Cool. cool. Brad? Uh, so this movie's about a rivalry. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> uh, and it's, a, it's amazing where they took it. Um, yeah, it's probably not as wacky and as funny as the first one, mm-hmm. but the emotional core is probably stronger. Um, so definitely go see it. It's, it's a good time. And before we play the trailer, Corinne, what did you think about the Lego movie? Hi nerds. It's Corinne. Uh, sorry, I wasn't able to make it to the recording today with you guys. Just a lot of other things going on this weekend, but I did want to share my brief recommendation of the Lego movie to the second part in answer to the usual question. Yes, I would absolutely recommend that people go see this movie Take your kids. It's unbelievable. Super cool. Outrageous. Amazing. Phenomenal. And fantastic. So incredible. Woohoo! Uh, 
Yeah, I had a, I had a great time. I I actually haven't seen the first Lego movie. I heard good things about it, but I never got around to seeing it. I've seen clips, and I kind of know like the premise and some of like the like how the universe operates. So I think that that really helped because otherwise I would have been very confused by the opening sequence. But um, I think even if people haven't seen the first one, I think it's worth worth checking out. Uh, maybe not in the theater. I mean, you could probably just watch it later and it would be fine. But one day, everybody should watch it because it's a really good movie. So I have some more thoughts, but I will share them uh, with you guys after you play the trailer. Zach? Uh, yeah. Um, I I kind of wish I'd rewatched it bef- um, again because we saw it early. So uh, we'll get into it in spoilers, but like, I like how they were able to create somehow in my mind a much more emotionally strong story than the first one having played all their hands in the first one almost right so and also <laughs> i really i really enjoy some of the things they do within the lego world this time like just kind of being aware since that netflix series about the toys thing came out like how lego has expanded like now they're incorporating some things it's interesting but as far as the story is concerned like yeah i think it's great i think everybody's on top of their game uh i like tiffany haddish in it a lot um and uh and yeah it's it's, it's a fun time it's a fucking lego movie go check it out man <laughs> um i was worried because they've really played the lego movie out since the first lego movie yeah so i mean it's i mean it's three years old but we've had ninjago batman <laughs> Um, We've had enough Lego movies that a lot of people just didn't see one of them. Unikitty yeah. Adventures. It's been five years since the first one. Has it been five? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And there's a cartoon show. Yeah. yeah. And um, this movie's really good, and you should go see it. I don't think it's as good as the first one, um, but I I realized watching it, I did miss the character of Emmett a lot, um, and uh, Chris Pratt plays him really well. And there's another character in there that's really good, too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, that's a lot of good characters. Yeah. Um, and here's a trailer for Lego Movie Part 2. Once, everything was awesome. Now, everything is bleak. Hey, Lucy. I brought you coffee. Coffee. The bitter liquid that provides the only semblance of pleasure left in these dark times. Oh, my goshness. Did I interrupt you brooding just now? Times have changed. You need to change with them. We have to be tough and battle ready. Look, a shooting star, make a wish. <gasps> oh no. Run! Hurry, the door is slowly closing. <laughs> oh, the pain. It's getting so cold. Emmett, what are you doing? Hooray! See, that wasn't so bad. Nothing got in. Ah, something got in. I'm General Mayhem. Bring me your fiercest leader. Lucy! Emmett! This is all my fault. Hang on to your fronts, Planny. We're going to save Lucy. Don't you tell me to save Asteroid! <laughs> Mind if I save your life? Not at all. 
Who are you? The name's Rex Danger Vest. Galaxy defending archaeologist, cowboy, and raptor trainer. <laughs> I don't get it. Will you help me rescue my friends? You don't want to go anywhere near the Sistar system. It's ruled by an alien queen. Only the toughest are gonna get out of there alive. Who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> yes, you are. I'm a queen, whatever I would not be. I'm getting super evil vibes here. I could change my form to something else if this makes you uncomfortable. Hey, guys. No, go back. The horse was much more palatable. I got a big phone and a play phone. I got to get it, baby. Yes, no, it did not. A1, hit him with the A1 song. Since <gasps> J1, not the A1 side. Lucy! Emmett, did you draw stubble dots on your face? What? No. <laughs> are you? I'm your worst nightmare. You're me when I'm late to school and I forgot my homework and my pants are made of pudding? No, I don't. Ha! So in uh, Lego Movie 2, uh, the Lego is now in Apocalypse Apocalyptburg. Apocalypseburg. It takes place right after the first one ends and the Duplo yeah. invaded. Yeah. Well, sort of, because... Yes and no. What what's actually happening is it's it. We should just say spoilers now. His sister, yeah, yeah, yeah. His sister at the end of Lego Movie One is a young girl who plays with Duplos. Her being allowed to play in the Lego room, which I will call it because that's what I called it. Her being allowed to play in the Lego room with Duplos caused all of the stuff that was from the old movie. To get destroyed, right. and so now he doesn't have all of his toys anymore. He just he he's built it into sort of this hectic hellscape right. where his sister has Hexcape. ruined everything. Hexcape, uh, where his sister has <laughs> ruined everything. Um, I love in that world though, but like, it's been years. Like yeah. the time has passed. His sister doesn't play with Duplos anymore. Like she's gotten older. She plays with her own Legos or even like the yeah. new minifigure Legos right. that they do. Uh, I love in the in the apocalypse world though, like they still have the same characters running around, and like the person who has all the cats, the what, the last one is still named Jeff. <laughs> yeah, um, but they're all like they're all hexscape. Cats. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and you know, it's it's again like the, the Lego movies, like great hat trick, if you will, or like just reveal is like, oh, it's this is all happening in the real world. And Will Ferrell's a dad. Oh fuck! What Will, is, Will is... Ferrell in this movie is pretty hilarious because yes. of how little he is in it. He's obviously filming another film. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, no. That, I like how they played that up to its advantage. Um, but uh, the uh, the because you play that hand on the emotional core of a father and a son connecting on building Legos and playing Coleman's Watson at this time. Um, <laughs> Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, um, but this one like. I think while I while I was a little weirded out by it spending what I felt was a little too much time in the real worldish aspect than the first one, um, thus taking me away a little bit from the animation stuff that I really wanted to see. Mm-hmm. I like how it pl- it pays off for me in a way. Mm-hmm. It's still not as much. It, it, it's so weird. Like I'm not. I don't hate it, but like I'm not like. I'd rather go rewatch the first one before I'd want to rewatch this again to a degree. Sure. Just because I like the animation that they're doing in it, um, but yeah, but the emotional story behind it, like, I, 
I was like, I was touched. I, I mean, like, I didn't cry in the first Lego movie. I think I like was oh, near I, tears at this one. I cried in both of them. Well, I know you did. I, I, <laughs> so, any some of the characters are taken off to go upstairs to play with the sister, and it's up to Emmett to save them. And I, what, what I loved about the Emmett's character arc in here is for him to be the hero. He had to be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a really interesting way of looking at it for yeah. him, for him not to be who he is, is a villain. Is a villain. Yeah. And I, I think that's a really deep like moment in a kid's movie. Mm-hmm. This movie. So, so here's how I'll put it. I think this movie's not as funny or fun. Like the, the first movie, I think they had such a high task ahead of them yeah. that they worked their butts off making that movie as smart from a joke reference it's place i would as the, the, that it could yeah this one i think suffers in two places one i, I think that yeah, you know, for the most part those jokes aren't just aren't as good or as frequent and they're referencing the last movie more which just isn't as good so you know superman being there and some of that stuff or any time uh, that the silly justice man league is there <laughs> silly man was great but yeah. like how much the justice league is in the movie i enjoyed I'm that like, justice league stuff <laughs> what, what? like there's there's the there's the, the Superman and Green Lantern, but there's also like a whole movie-based Justice League. Set. My man, yes, right. <laughs> it gets referenced. Aquaman just shows up and constantly says, "My, My man," yeah. <laughs> um, which was like great, but it's a little hollow. I forgot to look. Is Jason Momoa Aquaman in Lego yeah, Movie? I checked. Nice. Yeah. But Gal Gadot is not one of them. Oh, um, but so so like I think that stuff is weaker, and I knew like from the beginning. Like when it started where it started and they're, you know, and then they do the five years later and I'm like, okay, this is a movie about him fighting with his sister and them needing to figure their stuff out. Right. Right. Like I knew exactly where we were going, but how we got, no, specifically when we got there, how they played their cards is when I went, oh my God, this is so smart. It undermines the first movie in a number of ways. Right. It actually takes the everything is awesome song and twists it in this wise, we're going to give you some medicine kind of a way yeah. that talks about what your expectations are. Um, that's the part that to me, that's when it hit me. And I was like, oh my God. Yeah. And you know what I really like to pay back off that is they have a scene with uh, Tiffany Hash's character where she's telling you she's not, <sighs> she's not evil. That yeah. twist. She's not evil. And, you have the commentary from know how to communicate wild yeah. style where she's telling you, she says, you're literally just telling us why you're not evil, meaning you are evil. So they set up this expectation yes. for the audience where, you know, like, well, of course she's evil. Right. And, and then she's and everybody's to- brainwashed. And it's a great, it's a great thing to say that we're not brainwashed. We just want to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. And this makes us happy being sparkly. Well, and, and, and I think it, <laughs> it, personifies the inability of siblings to communicate with each Mm. other so well like here's this moment where she finally says what she really wants and you realize like wait i told you everything i wanted before Mm -hmm. i just told it the way i talk and you don't listen the the way i talk yeah like uh, that moment to me was so powerful and smart um i like how this uh film um <laughs> this film has a has a wonderfully inclusive positive message about like gender expectation which i really appreciated yeah. oh yeah um and also um two things that stood out for me one this was a way late as heck twilight joke that i really enjoyed with the sparkly <laughs> vampire i was like that's pretty hilarious and again 
what a great moment when, yeah. when she walks in and they're like, and she's like, this is a trap. He is a vampire. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, yes, it is a trap. And um, I was like, no, I'm one of those like harmless vampires. But also <laughs> like probably my favorite sequence in any of these Lego movies that they've done is Batman and Taffy Hadd- Tiffany Haddish uh, having a romantic dinner and finding out they're perfect for each other. <laughs> no, no, I love how she tricks him that he's just using him to get to Superman. <laughs> yes. It's pretty great. Yeah. What? Who <laughs> knew? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, it's it's pretty great. And um, I think if you've got kids, you absolutely take them to it. I mean, oh, yeah. Oh, I Kellen. next to my niece and she loved it. The yeah. Time. Uh, Rex Dangerfield's hey, uh, Raptors did, and their subtitles. Did you like the Lego some movie? Of my favorite things. <laughs> Yeah. What's your favorite part in the Lego movie? They said brainwashed. <laughs> they did oh, get they brainwashed. brainwashed. <laughs> I liked at the beginning when Unikitty became a giant kitty. Oh god! Oh uh, yeah, it's. Uh, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Uh, I also love the the adorable little stars they're throwing. Is like it's so cold. Oh, yeah. I know that's a trailer joke, but I still laugh no, my butt off when it's when it's stuck in the door. It's like, please just. Open the door. It's, so cold. it's getting dark. <laughs> See, we, the door shut. And no one got in. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, and then uh, also, like, what kids movie out there is able to really like do a full-on Mad Max Fury Road impersonation, and, right. like for the first fifteen minutes and get away with it? Yes. Because they they show a scene in that bar where like this. People in fucking Mad Max gear getting drunk and beating the shit out of people. Oh, there's also that part where like one of the cars blows up. Actually, I really laughed at this joke. He's like, "You don't have to whip me anymore. The car's gone." Like, <laughs> yeah. like, All right, yeah, Susan. Like, you don't have to whip me anymore, Susan. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's a Can fun I, film. Was was the Lego Movie good? Mm-hmm. Was you, what else did you like in it? Did you like the song? Do you remember the song? They were what? Falling. They were, they were falling. falling yeah. <laughs> this song's gonna get stuck inside your head. <laughs> oh yeah, when they're on the the ship and all the the subtitles from the Raptors. Tennis, I love tennis. <laughs> Can you give me something to drink? <laughs> or even his uh, he has a he has a moment when they're doing all the references to like what all Rex is. Uh-huh. There was there's one in there about. Um, you know, him having like facial structures that reveals like the time where he was a little bit f- fatter. <laughs> another really great little Chris Pratt joke. Uh, yeah. um, also, Chris yeah. Pratt um, in uh, 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 dealing with raptors in this movie. Yes. A little more Chris entertaining Pratt than what we saw last year. <laughs> being a raptor trainer. I just like he's like rubbing his belly like, who's a good boy? Who's a good boy? <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And um, the pew pews from the Raptors are yeah. great. Pew, 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 pew. Well, and the pew pews from him, right? Oh, when yeah. Rance is shooting it, and he says his own pew pews. Yeah, <laughs> no, oh, it's it's man. it's really fun, and yeah. I and I like the, I like how like the, the ending, like it, much like the first one, kind of resolves itself, and it's like in, within the live action scheme of things, but like. One of my favorite visual images is all the characters singing from the full Lego bins. <laughs> like it's like yeah. it's it's like a Toy Story three level imagery. Yes, but like amped up on the comedy a little bit. It's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Also, Maya Rudolph and Will Ferrell should do some kind of movie together. Like where they're well, both Maya Rudolph should just be in everything. I, yeah, I she should. Her. I mean, she should be amazing. But I do want to. I like Will Ferrell and things too. I like Will Ferrell. <laughs> but Maya Rudolph is amazing. <laughs> I know she should. I wish we had her in more things. I mean, she, he, he did she, have that great joke. And he's like, "Hey, what happened while I was gone?" <laughs> <laughs> she should have been Watson. That's what I'm saying. 
she should have been Holmes. Uh, anyway, she should have been in the Parent Trap. <laughs> um, <laughs> Just the Parent Trap, but she's the age she is now. <laughs> yeah. The 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 end credit song was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where yeah. they're st- <laughs> they're saying the most important song happens during the end credits. Oh yeah, yeah. And I forget it's like, the line producer. Oh, that's my favorite producer. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because at the, at the Alamo, like they showed uh, what what Beastie Boys song was it beforehand? I don't know. But either oh, way, uh, um, planetary. Uh, no, maybe either way. Oh no, it's uh, like till Brooklyn. No, it might have been intergalactic play. Okay, right. But um, but I'm watching this, and at one point, you know, this happens all the time at the Alamo. But I was like, why is this here? <laughs> and then of course the credits pulled up, and I was like, oh, <laughs> it took me two hours to figure out why I was listening to <laughs> the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Um, Charlie Day is still really good. Oh man, James, that was so funny what you said about the Lego Movie. This is what Corinne thought. Hey, so these are my spoiler-filled thoughts about the Lego movie to the second part. I, there's a lot I could say about this. Uh, as I said, I had, a, I had a great time. I never thought a Lego movie would make me cry, but it did. Um, I know, and you guys know, like, I don't cry at a lot of things, but I did cry at this movie. Uh, just, I, you know, I remember being a kid, and I had you know, like a Barbie playhouse or something. And I remember playing Barbies with my sisters and having those interactions where, you know, both where we were getting along and also where I was trying to do my thing. And then they would come in and they would like wreck it and they would mess it all up. And, uh, you know, I would be very offended and upset about it. But, you know, that, that scene where, um, was it, um, general mayhem or some, somebody was talking about how, like, you know, we learned it from you. Like we've, we've looked up to you this whole time. And I, I, yeah, I got teary eyed at this movie. Yep. Um, yeah. So, um, but my, I will say the biggest thing I liked about this movie and my biggest criticism of it, um, well, okay, my biggest criticism, it's really not that big. Uh, th- yeah, the worst thing I can say about this movie is um, once you know, like, whatever, the qu- like, queen, whatever, I want to be, like, once you know her plan, like, the whole thing about how actually they're trying to cooperate with the people from Bricksburg, it, 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 it kind of makes some of the things they did earlier, like, a little weird. Like, the whole scene where the queen is trying to, I don't want to say seduce, but where she's trying to get Batman into agreeing to the marriage, and so she kind of manipulates him by saying, like, no, I really like Superman, and I don't, you know, like, Gotham City, like, I liked the Gotham City Guys song, um, but that whole, um, yeah, but once you know, it's like, so wait, if she... If she was actually, like, good the whole time, why was she, like, manipulating him into marrying her? It was just kind of... It was a little bit bizarre. I mean, I guess the biggest defense of that, I could say, is that she just wanted the marriage to go through because then it would somehow solidify this kind of union or um, truce between the two um, Lego universes of, you know, the sisters' Legos and the brothers' Legos. Um, but yeah, the, the, I absolutely loved this movie's themes and its messages. 
specifically like I liked the you know sharing getting along with your siblings and you know having this kind of collaborative um imagination process of like playing together and sharing each other's imaginations um but I really really liked the message of kind of shying away from I'll call it like the 80s action movies masculinity of this kind of like machismo and like brooding like everybody has like a dark past and life is like shitty and I'm gonna like just kill people and wreck shit and destroy things and you see that they the movie like very much goes out of its way to put that down and say like no like that's not that's not good that's not healthy of you need to have compassion and empathy for your you know perceived enemies and you need to you know stop and ask yourself like what you know what's really going on like why are they doing this and instead of perceiving things as a threat instead try to find out the truth and you know maybe you'll see that it's actually uh, you know, an, a friend who just maybe can't communicate very well. And I, I really, really liked that message. Um, whenever the queen transformed into her true self, I was like, shit. <laughs> that was, that was great. Uh, yeah, this is just, it was a fun movie. And, uh, as I said, I, I think everybody should go see it. Hopefully if they're listening, that means they already have, but yeah, hope you guys had fun watching it and interested oh, yeah. to hear your thoughts. Yeah, man. Spaceship. 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 <laughs> Don't touch me while I'm spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. It's great. Yep. Cool. Really great. Check it out. Check it out. Next week. Uh, happy death day to you. I'm going to go see Alita. Oh, Alita Battle. Oh, Alita. That's right. Oh, okay, yeah. We can do that one. Did Robert Rodriguez succeed? Or did, John, or did James Cameron <laughs> or did James Cameron fail him? Right. There's two questions. Is it gonna work? Is anybody gonna see it? Mm-hmm. I've been rereading the books lately. Man, I heard his tracking to be the biggest two hundred oh. million dollar bomb ever. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> wow. it's gonna it's gonna make, you know, John Carter look like Maybe that mm-hmm. maybe then we finally won't get those bunch. Avatar sequels. No, they already made oh, no, them, didn't they? No, yeah, no, that's that's gonna happen. No, those the Avatar right. movies happen hey, so hey, that James Cameron. I was gonna say, didn't, didn't they already? Movie. Didn't they already film those? And they're just now it's gonna take him this I long. I heard Kate Winslet's in one of them. Apparently, special effects. I didn't know Kate Winslet was in it. They and just, apparently, she held her water, breath underwater for like seven minutes or something. They just cast. Um, shoot, who is it? Uh, another woman who's gonna be like the new villain, um, because the live action stuff I don't think is done. So I think it's that they've they've filmed. A lot of the CG And is it stuff. next year it comes out, or is it 2021 it comes out? I think it's 2021 now. Oh, the same year as we're getting the Wicked musical? I'd rather watch Wicked. Uh, <laughs> green-faced people than blue Well, you can people. see more than one movie that year. No, no, uh, only one, <laughs> and it's got to be Wicked. <laughs> the, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a good chance that, like, this movie will do poorly, and James Cameron will still make a second Alita movie just because, like, he just makes money so he can make the movie, so that he can make movies he wants to he, see. He should bookend like, his career with a remake of Piranha 2 uh, The Spawning. You got okay. <laughs> three hours. Be like, no, I did it better. I did it better than so, I did it before. Is he so excited for, for going to Monster Jam? Monster Jam that yep. He's like, why are we here, Dad? Yep. Can we just get in line for Monster Jam? Well, until uh, we take on cybernetic robots with really big eyes. Bye.
Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening and have a nice day.